Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James Ian Macmillan. I am your host for today and every day, as it were. <laughs> and every day. <laughs> today we have a very special guest, one of the Stateside roster. This man is a mix engineer, producer, songwriter, all-around badass based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I'd like to welcome to the show Travis Ball. What's up, Travis? <laughs> What's a, you said with an accent? I don't have an accent. I'm I, not from I know. Here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's I guess you call the wrong perception of who I think actually am. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, hey, what's up? Anyways, well, you do. You know, it's funny if you lived there long enough, you would have an accent because that usually oh, happens. I, I, when I'm in conversation with people who are natives of this area, or especially from Texas, and we're having a good back and forth dialogue, I will start spitting back you know, some accents that are of Southern nature. Just out of, I don't know why I do it. Just kind of like a habitual copying thing. Like when I travel overseas too, I do the same deal when I'm like in London, like I just kind of pick up the accent. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah, I did too. I mean, every time I was in Europe and it's like, it's not even just like an accent. It's just the way that people in Europe talk. It's the phrasing. Honestly, that's a huge part of it. Totally. It's the phrasing and just the the sort of tempo and yeah, it's really interesting. And it doesn't take that love long it. to pick up on it. It really doesn't. It's so fresh. It's like it's like new music. It's like you go listen to different music for a while. I was like, oh, this is like a cool way to do this. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, um, well, I obviously know who you are, Travis, and you have been on the show before, but it's been a while. But yeah, I've, I've it's been a minute. And for anyone that has just recently started listening to the show and they don't know who you are, um, do a kind of a quick background on who you are, what you do, um, why me and you know each other, and yeah, uh, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. I guess the the first and most important thing is I'm a mix engineer, um, as James mentioned here in Nashville, Tennessee, by way of Michigan. Um, so I used to be into the cold and now I'm stuck in the hot human weather, <laughs> but that's kind of what it ends up being. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up playing music and loving listening to music and being interested in guitar and trying to play in garage bands that failed and stuff. But eventually that all kind of added up into me wanting to work on records and then gravitating towards the mixing thing. Um, and also learning a lot about the music industry, uh, in other aspects from touring, I've done a, a fair bit of touring at this point now with a bunch of different people, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, and we uh, know each other, as you've mentioned, stateside, uh, yeah. as we've been working together for about a year, kind of tag teaming the business of running my studio and just helping me be more efficient and offer my clients more than I can do on my own. And yeah. That's kind of, I guess, the quick, quick well, version. Did I miss anything? I feel no, like there's no, a lot I mean, there. Yeah, well, yeah. I never have to say. I know. It's, I don't expect people to do the whole life story. Just a quick, you know, what you do for a living and, you know, where you live and all that good stuff. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you are from Michigan. I have a dog. Originally. You got a dog. <laughs> What's your dog's name again? Ellie. Oh, Ellie. Yep. Beautiful husky. She's such a goofus. That's we've so like cool. ter- we've coined this new term goofus because she's goofy and she's a doofus and so <laughs> That's a goofus. good term. Goofus. Yep. So <laughs> How old is Ellie? 
Uh, she'll be two this coming Thanksgiving. I can't remember exactly what day her birthday is. This is in my phone somewhere, oh, wow. but yeah, okay. two Thanksgiving. So we're just kind of on the end of puppy phase. Um, she's big. So like, she's an 80, 85 pound dog. Um, but she's yeah. again, young and playful and curious. No shit. Yeah. She, uh, she looks adorable. Now do you do that Husky, right? That's the breed. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I just noticed with this video thing, I just made it so when I talk, it activates my video. That's weird. I'm going to turn that off. It freaks me out. Oh. There you go. (laughs) Active. What's that called? Active. I don't want to see myself talk. Yeah, that's a little too strange. Um, Do those breeds, do they age well? Like, is there, you know, because some dogs. um, Yeah. what's What's the breed that basically, oh, it's a Dalmatian. They're like really sweet that. and lovable the first couple years. And then after like age three, don't quote me on that, whatever age it is, they basically just start falling apart and dying. You know, I don't know about Huskies. This is the first Husky I've ever owned. Um, growing up, we had like a, an English Springer Spaniel and a Sheltie, um, so which are, again, smaller, medium do- style dogs, you know, way lower energy. You know, Huskies are pretty intense they're much bigger and stuff but yeah i don't know uh really even how old they usually get or what their end of or middle of life is like mm-hmm. hopefully it's cool like i she's so playful and fun right now and just like loves running around and being active i feel like that's gonna play on for a while but yeah i don't know we'll see yeah, I guess we'll see. She, she's a good hang. Like she's a, a, a just as good of a couch potato as she is as a as a hiking buddy. Um, so it doesn't really matter to me. She's just a good good dog. Would she be a good guard dog at all if someone broke? Um, her? or she just <laughs> snuggle with them? No, she loves people. She just wants to say <laughs> hi. Like come love on me and pet me. That's like her most important thing in life is just yeah. looking for that. My wife and I always joke about our two cats that. You know, because you would assume that if someone broke into our house or say we come home and there's someone inside currently actively robbing the house, you'd assume that the cats would be freaking out or they'd, you know, just disappear. disappear or something, which they probably would. But one of our cats, Dexter, he's just such a snuggle bug that my guess <laughs> is he would just go up and start loving on them and he'd want. Yeah. He'd it's want like, oh, a new human to mooch yeah, off of. Someone else then. to snuggle with. <laughs> Oh, yeah. nice AR, man. Like, <laughs> go, go to the range sometime. Uh, By the way, anyway. I do hear a tinge of a Nashville accent from you. There's a little bit. Also, yeah. too, like, I, I recently got some dental work done, so I'm kind of talking a little funny. Oh. <laughs> too, um, my mouth's like a hair sore. What did you get um, done? I just got some cleaning done. It had, I just got off my parents' insurance, which as a 26-year-old, my dad worked for the city of Zealand, so I was on for quite a while. But we lo- I lost my dental insurance, so I haven't been going to the dentist this past year, which is usually about a year before cleaning or a year be- between cleanings. So I needed to go just get a general once a year of cleaning done because um, I'd just gotten some plaque in between my gums. was constant some irritation. Yeah. No big deal. Whatever. Uh, but it hurt. Like Mouth pain is not fun. Um, it's the worst i've had tons of it it, i i really have been lucky and honestly not really had any and this is kind of the first time in my life where i've like fuck this is not fun to have this like it's causing me headaches and literal headaches and general discomfort i know you you have it happen once and you you realize you wouldn't wish it on your worst (laughs) you know it's terrible yeah 
Because again, talking, really eating, drinking, I mean, all the things that are like, you know, the most important things in life, yeah. you know, for some people, yeah. <laughs> just become painful to do. Yep, indeed. Um, so what you've been up to, man, other than you've been Dude. mixing a few different artists, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Talk it's it's been an interesting kind of year or so. The spring and winter was pretty slow. Um, I, I think it was one of the slower, at least my remember early remembrance i don't know uh, slower than usual but uh yeah summer got really busy working on a different bunch of different projects for quite a few different people mm-hmm. um still stuff is coming out you know started like tomorrow or not tomorrow but uh friday we've got the lowborn single uh coming out which is uh super cool Hell yeah. um about man what else have i done recently we did a cool song with tori J, um who i worked with her at the beginning of the year so we've done another one with her now yes which is awesome um, is there anything I can play right now, Travis? Oh my gosh! Right. Well, probably God, probably that Kings and Queens song. Um, go hit that up on Spotify. Okay. Tori J. Kings and Queens. This was so much fun. Like the vocal production was great. Like they took their time. I'm you know coming up with good. Um, and two of my good friends that I, I've known for quite a while produced this, and then Tori, who's a newer friend, um, is the featured artist. <clears throat> nice. Um, yeah. Oh, there she is. Do you see it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep forgetting. Travis can see my because I'm doing a share screen with him on this video call. Kings and queens. Let's play a little, little tidbit of this. Get it just above a thousand plays. That'd be awesome. They said we'd never make it. They said we'd never win. But here we are. going off at that moment like if she ever performs live like confetti and just like lasers just let me like every every festival cliche but awesome you know production trick you can throw at it just happening right there just it it all happens dude she's good man she's got some yeah really good potential i mean she's been doing this for a while right she she's younger i'm trying to not that ages matter but um she just moved to nashville uh like about a year ago did her first tour with me and michael w smith she's been touring with several other folks she's actually on the so you think you can dance tour right now i'm not sure what her her role is in that but she's out doing that stuff doing music on the side uh (coughs) singing at a local church um excuse me so she's getting involved she's doing all the right things um you know i'm not sure what her her long-term plans are and goals but um the music's great she's an awesome human um I'm, yeah. I'm happy to just have worked on the the few songs she's been put out been putting out so far so she's cool you can follow tori tori j at tori so that's t-o-r-i-j-o official so, sorry t-o-r-i-j <laughs> official not o official 
Uh, Tori J official. Yeah, she's cool, man. Yeah, and we've done two songs. Like there was that one, and then one in January called Enough. Um, which oh yeah, has I like that vibe. one, dude. Yeah, that's got. It's a different vibe, but it's it's as cool, honestly. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it, it's the epic, you know, going from something really small to something way too big. That's just that contrast of dynamics yeah. knocks people over. And especially when I play it in my studio for people that come over and, you know, want to hear samples of what I've done. I play that for them and just like, like, oh, holy cow, that, you know, literally is blowing me away. It's like yeah. the Marty McFly thing from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> when you play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, pretty, that's much, pretty much that. Exactly. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to tag her on Instagram <sighs> right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Sorry. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see kind of, you know, what happens over the next, you know, next year and beyond of, you know, f- future songs and, and, and where she takes it all and what she ends up doing. Um, Absolutely. I'm but, curious too. And we were, yeah, I guess another artist too. We've worked on the George Twins. We put another song um, from them uh, recently, kind of the last song, I guess, for their, their whole yearly EP project um, that came out not too long ago. Um, I mentioned the Lowborn song coming out, which I'm super stoked about. That's cool awesome. Band. Super cool band. Yeah, they're actually back in Nashville right now. I'm not sure if we'll be able to connect, but I think they're probably doing some uh, some more writing here. Um, like they were last time came around. Are they, uh, um, are they doing a music video, Travis? Is that that band? They are. Yeah. So actually the release for the song that I did will be a music video and song release simultaneously. I'm pretty sure they're launching both at the same time. Oh, killer. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. Well, hopefully that's, uh, do you know when that's going to be Friday? Oh, really? Shit. It's Friday. Yeah, it'll be the 26th. So two days from this this moment. Awesome. It's going to be good. And then go ahead. I was going to say, unfortunately, this podcast is going to be released, I think, after that. But that's okay. Well, no, we'll, have, have, we'll be able to go listen to it and it'll be available for them to consume <laughs> exactly. on Spotify and Apple Music, I'm sure, and any other streaming service. <laughs> Amen to that. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I got to really play around with distortion and just again try to make it balls to the wall awesome which is i guess kind of my style just try to make it awesome i don't know dude i I mean the the like it's funny if someone says like what is travis's style or you know whatever blah 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 i wouldn't say like heavy music is your style but not necessarily you have a heaviness to your style that's how i would put it like with the tory j that when enough 
that chorus kicks in. That's like Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, super heavy synth. Um, mm-hmm. It's heavy. You know, it's not like metal heavy, but it's heavy in, yeah. in, in weight. I'm definitely very inspired by that kind of music. I, I didn't listen to a ton of it growing up, but I, again, I, I'm a guitar player at heart. Like I love playing guitar. And I mean, I, I rarely do it anymore. Um, but yeah, just big, heavy guitar riffs just make me feel good. Like who doesn't love that? You know, oh, yeah. and if you've never, if you've never played guitar and like, you know, played like a power D chord, just low, just like chugging it out. Like it's you haven't best. lived yet. I know. Go, go to your best. nearest guitar center and, and plug in and experience this like it's it's worth it i promise um, as the comedian chris delia would say he would say chew doing as in what you doing <laughs> he abbreviates everything chew doing i love it so i i take that intensity of some of that music and also in some cases how i wish that music sounded um you know, when I like listen to metal music and I, mm-hmm. I judge how it's mixed, sometimes I don't like how rock is mixed for a number of, of various reasons we don't have to get into. Yeah. But I make I make my mixes sound like I wish almost the heavier genres or rock genres sounded. Right. You know, a little more open, a little bit more full, a little less compressed and restrained. Like I kind of I kind of unleash my mixes in some in some cases, you know, if it deserves to be like again a balls to the wall like everything's just you know at full throttle not every song is like that obviously you got to play play the context there but um if i can make it humongous and awesome i definitely enjoy it no i know what you mean i know exactly what you mean it's like i I, and sometimes i feel like people who mix rock um it's either because they've done it for too long or they just were never they're never good for it or you know wasn't the right fit or whatever I feel like sometimes there's so much lost potential in the way some of these mixes turn out. You know, yeah. you listen, especially like in the 90s, a bunch of bands who you'd go see live and they were just super fucking impressive and and like full. And For thick. sure. And then you listen to the record, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like this sounds thin and yeah. lifeless and like the balance kind of sounds yeah. funky. You know, yes. the guitar is harsh and the bass is like, where, where's the bass? I and never understood that. It's like ass. Yeah. There's a guy Dude. I really dig. Um, what is his name? Yeah, let me go back to Instagram. He is the guy. He mixed a band called um, Ghost and Royal Blood. Have you heard Royal Blood before? I've, I know who Royal Blood is. Yeah, absolutely. They are cool as shit. Um, let me look up this guy's name i've referenced a lot of that stuff because that they kind of started the you know not the imagine dragon style but they, i guess i don't know even maybe that's not even started but they were definitely a pioneer of the imagine dragons in dragons distorted mm-hmm. you know kind of epic grungy but pop thing yeah like pop oh his name um, is which was then uh, emulated by F- tom dalgetty so the last oh, name okay. is D A L G E T Y. I follow him on Instagram, and I just really like his sound. It's so warm sounding, and I'll check because that's fucking something I'll probably be into anyways. Tom Dalgetty. Yeah, he, I mean I he's a monster. He's done like big, big stuff. Yeah, he's a definitely a, a dream guest for sure. I'd love to have him on someday. But he's he's a UK oh. guy, so he might be a little tough to get him on. Dude, I've 
I've been pumped because I've been talking to a lot of potential UK clients and other I clients know. from overseas. I New I Zealand love traveling. Personal? I've had a chance to travel to a bunch of these places before, and it's just so fun to me to be able Absolutely. to work with a lot of these folks because um, I love their music. I love how they approach music a lot yeah. of time, um, and it's just fun to work with people from other parts of the world thanks to the internet. I know we just recently booked a gig with a with a artist or a band from New Zealand and yeah weren't they they're just the nicest people ever aren't they dude okay so i was getting their single the first single prepped today actually and opening up the files from the producer co-producer josiah and definitely the most organized preparation and deliverance of files i think i've received in my career like i'm no not like i messaged him just and and said basically that it's like this looks great and the detail that he put in and just making sure i had everything that i needed all the context that i could possibly want of what they wanted me to know about their song in terms of production style and what it was about and you know i i'm set in info like i don't need to ask them any questions i've right. got it they got it. Totally. <laughs> um that was just kind of cool to open up but yeah the song's great um i think i'm trying to pronounce the artist's name it's might be ersa or ursa yeah, I wasn't I sure either. I'm not sure how to pronounce. I need to ask him the pronunciation of this. Um, but this young girl, uh, New Zealand artist, super great. Very excited to be doing this song and, and probably quite a few more uh, afterwards. Yeah, I mean, if any indication of how they communicated with both you and I, how they handled the financial situation, just all the administrative stuff they did with us, he was so detail oriented. He yeah. really, he gave us a really good tip on how to uh, transfer money, you know, from from somewhere else in the world. Right, because we we haven't we found other obviously ways to do business transactions financially from overseas clients, yeah. but we've had some hiccups. You know, it's sometimes fees, not as easy. Fees suck. Fees have sucked, but yeah, he was suck. like, "Hey, I've you know done a lot of work, you know, for other people around the world. I've got a way to do this." And yeah, it was like a no fee situation or a no, fee, no fee for us, Travis. That's ridiculous. They, the, he paid a nom, a very small fee and we didn't, and it wasn't even like we chose it that way. That's just how that service works. Wow. And, and they're thousands and thousands of miles yeah. away. I, so far away. I think it's the furthest away that we've ever talked to anyone, right? As far yeah, as I'm time ch- change. I think so. Bunkface is close. I have to look at the map to really see how far they are away because they're so well, different regions. Let's see here because Malaysia, that was Malaysia, right? Bunkface? Yeah, Malaysia. I think they were like 14 or 15 hours. I think New Zealand 17 hours ahead. I don't remember. So in Auckland, New Zealand, which is where they, they're right outside Auckland, it is 2.35 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> so today yep. is Wednesday at in you know Pacific Standard Time where I am, it's six thirty-five PM Wednesday. It is two thirty-five PM Thursday in New Zealand. That's that pretty far. Crazy. <laughs> now let's see if I Malaysia. Malaysia. Kuala Lumpur Lumpur is tomorrow at nine thirty six AM. So New Zealand mm-hmm. is further in time at least. Quite a bit further too. That's several yeah. hours. Yeah, several. I mean, that's almost the entire day further. Crazy. I love it though. It's so much fun. Cool? Um, so cool. what's what's cool too is my initial conversation with them. I did a Skype call shortly after they filled out the contact form on my website, and it was cool just to hear from them 
about doing research on me as a mixer. You know, they they looked at my past work, they listened to it, you know, they listened to some podcasts. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what they did, but you could tell that they did their research right. and knew what they were getting themselves into. Obviously liked enough of what I had done to feel confident enough to to want to reach out to me um and discuss, you know, doing some work together and things. You know, it's it, that surprisingly doesn't happen very often. Um and it should. You know, because I, I think people would be a lot happier with their music if they would do due diligence on the front end of if you knew, uh, filtering who they work with. It does matter, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't say. You know, and, and even like, you know, not everyone's a good fit for everyone either. No, absolutely not. And, and finding the, the right match for, for your vision, uh, your project, whatever, you know, that, that in, in itself uh, could make or break you know, that particular song or that phase or season, whatever. Yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you you mentioned that you love traveling. What definitely, what is, or what is one of your favorite countries that you've been to? Oh man. I'm going to have to say Israel. Oh, you've been just to because I, I've been to Israel. Yeah. Um, Reason for that, I'll kind of just quickly touch on it. When I was working for May several years ago now, um, acting as their tour manager, and also ended up mixing a record for them, uh, they, their drummer, Jacob, um, was friends or acquaintances with the editor of Forbes magazine. Mm-hmm. And they do their international summits around the world every year for the 30 under 30 type yep. deal. And... This particular year, they were going to do it in uh, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Needed some headlining uh, music act for their end of summit celebration. Um, Jacob worked it out that May was going to be that headlining act to kind of celebrate just even that aspect of it. They actually, as a band, designed and wrote a song to the first ever virtual reality experience to be synced with live music in the history of the world to our knowledge. Um, and we did that and performed that very first song, uh, in the tower of David in Jerusalem, which is like a 3000 year old citadel in the middle of the most important city in the world for some people. So that was kind of awesome. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's why I was there. So I was working with may doing this show. I was out to mix from a house and kind of production manage tour manage, uh, the, that aspect of the trip. And we were there for a week. The first two days was like adjustment because it's it's a fairly big time change um, to make sure we had everything there, make sure we set up. We had one rehearsal prior to the show day. I think we had a sound check day of show and then day of show happened. And then we had the rest of the week to hang out in Jerusalem, you know, travel about, tour, you know, go see things. Um, and that was amazing. I've been to Europe too. Um, Western Europe, you know, did the whole UK thing, France, Italy, uh, Germany, loved it over there. Can't wait to go back someday. Um, Switzerland, man, I loved the Swiss Alps. That was, that was something truly special. And I I always tell people, my friends, it's like, man, there's just nothing more beautiful than the Swiss Alps. I mean, there really isn't Travis. It's, I, I always say that like in my head, heaven is there, you know, if you believe in heaven or not. That is as close to heaven as I've ever been on earth. Have you been there to Switzerland? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, no way. Me and my buddies went there. We backpacked through Europe for two months. And wow. we ended up, so we went to Interlaken. First, yep. first we went to Bern, then we went to Interlaken. And from Interlaken, we took a, uh, what do they call it? A tramway that goes up. What, what's that called? I guess An incline railway, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, we did the railway, and then from there, we took like the cable car thing up the mountain. Okay, like a gondola. A gondola, exactly. To a, a tiny, tiny village called Gimmawald. And Gimmawald is like a, a shepherd community. There's no cars. There's no roads. There's paved wow. walking paths. And it's like very modern stuff, but there's no, like, there's no access to cars. No one drives there other than tractors. And I mean, it's, it's like sound of music, everything you would expect. It's um, beautiful. Just beautiful. And so quiet and relaxed. And oh my God. That it's Unreal. so funny being a mix engineer and how sensitive I am to when things are quiet versus not. There is something to be said about being in an environment that actually is quiet. That's not a manufactured environment. You can go into anechoic chambers, very, very quiet buildings that can freak people out on, yeah. a, on a mental level. Freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. But being in nature, obviously, there's ambient noise around you. But not hearing anything man-made, like not hearing a plane or a car or an air conditioner. Oh, I dream I of that stuff, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask you, because <laughs> I know a lot of buddies of mine who do this for a living, they, they, they have an interesting relationship with music. You know, it's, it's their mm-hmm. job. They're, they're listening to music all day long. They're mixing, especially for you mix engineers. It's just on all the time. It's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of repetition. <laughs> one vocal part over and over and over and over and over. And so how, how do you treat listening to music? What, like if you get in your car, are you a no music, no sound in your car? Because I know some people who do that. A good friend yeah. of mine, he's just like, I'm fucking done at the end of the day. How, how yeah. do you feel about that? I'm very similar. Like when I'm not working... I like driving, for instance, generally I like it silent since, you know, a lot of times when I'm leaving the house, I'm with Ellie, we're going to the dog park or something like that. The windows are down anyways. I'm enjoying just listening to things outside of my house. Well, like I just giving my ears a break from the quietness of my studio a lot of times and also not music. So that is something I do. If I do listen to music, most of the time, you know, we've got a great classical channel here and national radio station that I tuned to. Um, you know, I grew up in band and went ensemble and, and playing classical music. So it's enjoyable to listen to that still. Yeah, me too. I, I, I've always enjoyed that. Uh, there's a good, you know, rock station too, Lightning 100, very popular national. I sometimes listen to that. Um, there's also just a good variety station too. But yeah, I, I definitely, you know, will have no problem and will oftentimes distance myself from, you know, consuming music when I'm not working. Right. In the same sense, I also want to be intentional about listening to new music and mm-hmm. consuming new things and new ideas and new songs and new artists, new bands, whatever. I think that's still very important. Yeah. And so I, I will oftentimes come down to the studio and just like, okay, I'm just going to like hang out, turn the lights down low, you know, sip on whatever I might have around, you know, bourbon, just to, again, relax, enjoy myself, and just start listening to music. I might start with some favorites, you know, things that I just love to listen to any day of the week. 
and then just start exploring and see what I come up with. Like I, I right. try to schedule that time in because a it resets my ear and aligns it to more or less the the gold standard of what music should sound like. And obviously, there's plenty of bad sounding music out there, and I I, <laughs> I do recognize that, and uh, I don't tend to listen to it if I can help myself, or if I do, it's like okay, this sounds horrible give it a minute and 30 seconds and like, okay, don't make ever, anything sound like that ever again and move on to something that sounds good. Like you've, you've now heard what bad music sounds like. You can now go listen to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important. You know, I, I think that keeps me plugged in at least, you know, to some extent to what's happening around me. And I'm still free to obviously make my own decisions as a, as a creative person, but you know, I don't want to do something too far out of the, you know, the realm that wouldn't be commercially accepted you know, or, or wouldn't be what a client would want or expect when they say, Hey, can you mix my song like a Taylor Swift track or who knows? Right. You know? Right. You need, you need to stay sharp and you need to, all your, the tools in your toolbox to stay clean and ready to, ready to go. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I know some, some of the people that, you know, are on state size roster or just other producers and mix engineers. I know they, they treat a little differently. Like some people, and, and I and my guess is you're you fall into this category a little bit as well. Like they're just so crazy about music <laughs> that you can't get enough of it, even though you do it all day, even though yeah. you're listening to something on loop all day long with a compressor or whatever you're trying to do. You still are just at the end of the day, you're still in love with music, and there's nothing you can there's, do about it. You're just a junkie. There's some ob- obsessive tendencies I think involved for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's love or, or true, just obsessed with making things sound specific ways. I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's true for me. A hundred percent. Like even when I'm done, say I mix a song in the studio, I take it out, you know, listen on my laptop, take it out to the car, put it in my, my ear pods, whatever it is. And, you know, make mental mix notes. Like, okay, I know I've just, you know, literally sp- exported this put it on dropbox 10 minutes ago and i'm still gonna go and listen to it like have i not heard it enough give myself a break for crying out loud (laughs) uh i yeah it's just it's just it's a passion thing i think you know yeah i i think so too i mean do you do you think that music is the best art form because i do i think i've never been asked that's a good question i've never been asked that so directly before I in, in order form. I would say that music I mean it's certainly my favorite art form. Yeah. And Here's maybe maybe film would be second for me. I would almost I would almost say film as a very broad topic could be my first cuz I do love the marriage of music and film and this could be any kind mm-hmm. of film it could be like a music video it could be a story that is an an adaptation to what the song is or something totally different, but the song fits it enough that it's a cool, you know, thing. I love that aspect because I also, you know, grew up being a photographer and I love visual things, movies in general. So I, I really enjoy that marriage of the visual and the auditory stuff. Cause I think that invokes, uh, you know, that extra sense of like, Ooh, simulation. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Um, but obviously music to me, especially when you close your eyes, like amazing. You know, people don't realize how awesome their ears are and don't realize how cool sound can be because they're just not exposed to good sound. Cause it's not a very cool thing anymore to yeah. have good sounding stuff right. or at least 
I don't, uh, we're getting kind of like a gray area a little bit, but um, it's easier to go to the IMAX and see a cool looking video. And it sounds reasonable, don't get me wrong, but it's less hard to go to like a hi fi place to listen to your favorite record. You know, it's not something that's easy for, for the general public to go do. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not as uh, accessible, I guess. I mean, you have to kind of go out of your way to get really good pair yeah. of headphones, really good monitors. And most people, and, they're not going to. They're going to get the free headphones that came with their phone and move, totally. move on. Or even if they do get a pair of speakers, that's a great step. But maybe their room is yeah. super reflective. Right. You know, because it, it looks cool on Instagram. Like, it looks beautiful on Instagram. But, man, does it sound terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I always kind of I laugh when I see some studios. And, man, like, this looks great. But, holy cow, it probably doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> so, um, so anyway. true. So, so true. So, so true. Um, I do a movie pick every week, Travis, Ooh, as you know. Yeah. And since we're talking about movies and stuff of that nature, I'm going to, if I can get this thing open, play a trailer for my movie pick of the week. And the hit movie- it with me. Or hit it with me? I don't even know. Hit What's me up? with it. Okay, I'll hit you with it. So the movie pick of the week is the new Ooh. Halloween movie, the remake for Halloween. Nice. When was the original come out? Like, how old is it? How old is the original? The original one, like the very first one came out, I think, in 79. Okay. Before Jamie, my time. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, yep, before my time. And there's been a few after that. Most of them haven't been all that good. Um, I think Rob Zombie did a remake, in like early 2000s. Also wasn't very good. It was okay. It was fun, but whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, but this one is legitimately good done really well the script is awesome jamie lee curtis like was one of the producers on it and she invested her you know her early early acting life to this movie and it's really cool for her to come back and kind of finish the story and they did a really good job i mean it's it's classic horror movie stuff the music kicks ass uh but speaking of trent reznor and atticus ross redid theme music if you want to go listen to that on youtube that they just uh, release that and it's also on vinyl too which is pretty dope. oh wow that's cool uh so yeah he, let's watch the trailer here together here we go testing one two three yeah. we're on we're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent Cut teenagers zoom. on a halloween in 1978 he was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night and spent the last 40 years in captivity Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. (laughs) Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The 
bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go on! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? I would definitely see that. Yeah, dude, highly wow. recommend it. Really good. And it's really fun, too. It's, it's funny. It's everything <laughs> that a horror movie should be. And I've never seen it, you know, the original or any of the others, but you don't yeah, need that to. looks You really, really don't need worth. to, because they, they do a really good job at explaining the whole thing. See, that's good. And it looked like, the, like I could see that in the trailer that it was giving you enough background information. Yeah. To, to play into, you know, what they're trying to tell in the new movie. Yeah, basi- nice. basically the story for anyone that hasn't seen the first one, it's, it's like this kid, you don't know why, but he's a psychopath and uh, he, he kills like his little sister. She's like six years old or something. And then he just goes on to kill like this, this poor girl's like entire family and friends. And it's, it's this terrible thing that happened in this small town. And then you fast forward to this this version that's close to 40 years later, 35 years later wow. or something. And uh, he's been in jail or prison this whole time. And you get to know this doctor that has been working with him, like a mental health guy, because he's locked up in like a, like a mental health prison or whatever. Yeah. And, and the whole time, Michael Myers, his name of the killer, he's never said one word. He hasn't talked to anyone. He's just completely canatonic. For 40 years? 40 years, hasn't said one word. Wow. And, uh, and then uh, somehow he gets out of prison, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> I guess the, well, the bus crash, right? Is that how it? He yeah, escapes? but you. But they leave it open to interpretation. Why did the bus crash? Uh, Why did he get out? So that'll you have to watch the movie to figure that out. Obviously. Exactly. Exactly. Aha! Uh-huh. It's done Clever. really well. Music kicks ass. Writing's really, really solid. It looked. It looks like what I'd want a modern you know, kind of horror-esque movie to be like, you know, still throwing it back to familiar film styles, but make it good enough to, you know, be in those big blockbusters. And it's a a big movie, but still feel current. It's like they still use good cameras and it's it's well cut. Yeah. And I think, you know, oftentimes horror movies, they fall into this trap where they start taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. mm -hmm. And it, it gets really like, just kind of boring and too it's too dark it's too much and, or predictable too or just predictable. like exactly. not fresh yeah and if you're gonna go the dark like gloomy thing it's gotta be you know like i love the shining that's one of my favorite movies of all time because it's not it's not scary like boo it's the whole thought that someone is slowly losing their mind 
it's it's frightening yeah that the, the slow builds are slow 10 build. times more terrifying than the, dude there's the, a movie called hereditary that came out i've recently. heard of that dude mm-hmm. it's so badass it's so good. You want to watch trailer trailer on that one? Yeah, I've That's I've good. never seen it. I've definitely heard the title before. How do you spell her? Okay, hereditary. You got it. There you go. Um, this is a good example <laughs> of a darker movie, but it's also like the whole movie basically is just a story about a family and the dynamics of how hard it is to raise a kid. Sure. Raise kids rather, and just the dynamic of marriage and just real simple everyday stuff but there's a through line of like this evil demonic shit that's been existing in this family's hereditary in their history. Okay. Okay. Plays let's, on let's the opposite watch. of word. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> nice that's townhouse. Really cool. Maybe one of my favorite. Horror Come on, movies. Peter. That's just silly. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. She's gone. (laughs) She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die... She wasn't all together there. At the end. I don't want to put any more stress on my family. Oh, that was good. That last scene was, I did not expect that actually. Holy cow. The use of audio in that movie is so well done. Especially right there where it had the, 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 the yes. clashing sound yep. and it repeated again with the up and the, you have to watch the trailer if you haven't seen it. It was like an upside down individual banging the head against the wall and it was like startling and jarring right holy cow well and i'd say that like (coughs) it's not just the trailer that is that clever with audio it's the whole movie they do such a good job of using that dude any any good horror and i'm not really a horror aficionado by any means but i know enough about the genre but yeah any good horror film totally exploits audio to their advantage and oh yeah sound sound can be totally terrifying like beyond anything you'd really imagine in some cases. Yep. Speaking of of uh, film and, and TV and stuff like that, I want to 
Let's go back in time, Travis, back to the Ooh. beginning of August when you mixed the intro to a new Netflix series <laughs> called Becoming Champions. Yeah. And if y'all haven't watched this, is it? All, I don't think it's all in Spanish, is it? Because I watched like the you first know, I, I haven't actually watched it, so I really don't know. Um, I, there's some subtitles. What I it's really good. If you're a soccer fan, you're, you're going to love it. Yeah, if you're like a World Cup soccer fan, which there are many people that are like very into that sport, whether you're in the U.S. or not, mm-hmm. um, this is a cool documentary that was put together by Netflix uh, about the teams that have won the World Cup, um, the various World Cups from the past, your recent history and recent years, and stuff. But yeah, no, um, a Canadian composer reached out to me to mix the uh, trailer uh, song for this particular. Um, I guess yeah. It's Netflix series named Marcelo uh, Triviano. Yeah, Marcelo's awesome. He's worked on National Geographic stuff before and stuff with Disney, um, doing composition type work. So yeah, yeah, he brought me in for this project. Um, had a blast mixing it. It was fun to do something that was not pop. Um, and was very much cinematic and orchestral totally, and, and, and almost Hans Zimmer, you know, esque. I know that's a very kind of cliche term to use, but again, it's a movie trailer audio. So yeah. what else can, it, what else can it really be? Um, but yeah, no, it was a really fun project. I, I hope to, to do more stuff like this actually, uh, down the road again, cause I mentioned earlier, like I do love blending audio with film and I haven't done a lot of it professionally. And I'm, you know, some of it is kind of like specific to the industry and you know you're in mm-hmm. any either film audio or you do music audio but uh there is some crossover that i hope to get myself involved in uh as time goes on yes does this video anyway. um represent the audio pretty well i don't remember uh, i think it should yeah okay let's, this let's, is let's play Instagram. It. let's see let's find out yeah it's It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. That was a cool project. I'm glad we got to do that one. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 funny too. It's like people get the I, I made the joke when it first came out, is that people will now have the option to skip over uh a mix of mine indefinitely on Netflix. I feel so honored to have that prestigious uh, yeah. uh position. Now how anyway. about uh John Coyle? Yeah, John's a nice guy too. John was awesome. You're a lot of nice was, people, dude. Say. It's I've been I've been really lucky lucky lately to 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 be working with a bunch of awesome folks that are passionate about what they do, um, and, and are working hard towards making great art. But yeah, John Coyle. Um, if you haven't seen or been following anything on my Instagram, he uh is a yoga instructor, among uh, many other things. Obviously, a talented musician, but made a record this year that corresponds i think it's like a 12 song album that 
goes in perfect uh, sync with a yoga practice. And right. there was a specific yoga practice that John right. said on, on when he released the album. I don't remember what it is, but he's designed a yoga practice to go along with his record and released it as such. That's so cool. I had that. Yeah, I had, it was a lot of fun to mix. Um, again, it was a, kind of one of those soothing projects, as you might expect. Yeah. A lot of unique ambient sounds. Namaste uh, on. Yeah, and he's got a great voice. I really enjoyed mixing his vocal. Um, it's it's a cool record. You know, it might not be for everyone, but uh, it was. I had a blast working on it. Oh yeah, here's a little teaser thing. Yeah. Um, with a little voiceover from John. Harmonic movement is the relationship I've discovered that exists between music and yoga. For the listeners, they're showing a bunch of people doing yoga. To move in harmony good. is to move with <laughs> mindfulness. They do. To flow with grace. Yoga's fun, man. I, I it is. It's so cool, man. I I took a class at the local My community college years ago. I love doing it. That would pair perfectly with a vinyasa. Have you done it before? There it is. Yeah, hayasa yoga practice. Sorry. Um, I've, yeah, I've done a few classes. Use it in your I think practice. I don't remember. There's also some apps I've done that have like a, a 30 minute running yoga practice thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, that was that record, and that was fun. I did that one much earlier this year. I don't remember when I wrapped it up, but it came out a couple months ago, I think. That's one thing, too. I've, I've been not been able to keep as close of track as to the projects that I've worked on lately because there have been more than uh, usual, which is a great thing to mm-hmm. have. I've, I've, it's it's uh, been harder to keep it all together. How about uh, Andrew Butcher? Yeah, this one Butcher, I do remember. Butcher. Is it Butcher? Uh, Butcher, it is right? Butcher, yeah. to my knowledge, yeah. Um, he had it's, a, at, he, it's Andrew Butcher, if you want to check him out. Is this, this, is, uh, uh, this is that music video, right? Clip to the video. This is the video clip, He's great. He's a young kid. He's super young, um, but good voice. He was on NBC's or was it NBC? I forget which network carried it, but uh, a show called The Boy Band, and he did I think pretty well on that. Um, but yeah, putting on good songs. I know he's writing a bunch. He's doing the Nashville thing and always doing co-writes with various folks around town and working on new music. So, dude, I need to make a trip out there for fuck's sake. Dude, you should. Yeah, you haven't been. Since we've met, and that's been over a year now, actually. I know. Um, Not acceptable. I got to get It's worth there. it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great town. Do you think you'll stay there for, for a while? I mean, do you think- Man, I don't have any reason to go anywhere else, honestly, right, right now. Um, I like the area. I have friends here. Um, I've, I've been here now for nearly eight years um, or so. And you know, I've got the house now. I've got the studio pretty well established. You know, the the facilities are in place to keep the train moving, if you will. Yeah. So I feel like any any move will, at this point would be too soon or abrupt and not a good thing. Eventually, like I could see myself buying other property, building a house, buying another house, building another studio, 
doing some of that combination down the road. Um, but that's still, you know, 10 to 15 years off maybe. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think like the room I'm in now, I, I love my workspace, but you know, it probably isn't the last workspace I'll ever be in. Like there'll be a studio after this. It'll be even probably more awesome than this one is, which is crazy to think about, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So it's just kind of exciting. Like I'm very early in, in that thing, but I don't, you know, if anything, you know, I might move to Franklin or some other, you know, generally just outside of the city of Nashville town, but close enough to, to be still in the area. Yeah. But there's a lot of good spots down here that are a little, a little more detached, a little bit more off the beaten path, um, a little more quiet that I would definitely consider at some point in time, again, given the right opportunity. You're pretty, to, you're pretty close in to the city, aren't you? Pretty close. I'm, I'm near the airport, um, which, you know, most airports from moderate to major cities are not downtown for obvious reasons. Um, so we're about 20 minutes or so out of, the, out of like the center of okay. Nashville. Um, which really isn't bad. It takes about 20 minutes to get anywhere in Nashville anyways. So I'm within that kind of tolerance more or less. Obviously there's a few areas that takes me longer to get than others. Cause it is on the other side of town. Um, the airport's kind of more South, uh, East, I guess, and things. Uh, but know, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Do you know where Jack White lives? I know he's, no, I don't. He, I think he lives in Franklin, which Franklin's South you of said Nashville. Franklin, and that's why. Yeah. Let's see. Where does Franklin's a cute little town though? It's it reminds me of where I grew up, but way more southern. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, it's it's relatively small. Like my hometown's real small. Franklin might be a little bit bigger, uh, but it has a just a very quaint vibe to it. I guess is the way or the yeah the word I want to use. <clears throat> so it says Brentwood. Oh Brentwood, actually that's that is pretty close to me. A suburb um, south of Nashville. Brentwood's about, again, 20 minutes. That's 20-minute roll, you know, just, just over the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of wealthy people do happen to live in Brentwood. There's uh, some pretty high-dollar real estate in that area. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wealthy people in, the, in that state, for sure. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, getting to a lot of, I work for a, a corporate wedding band, and they do a, a bunch of events, but a lot of, especially in the summer, are, are getting for weddings. And we do so many receptions at these massive houses or properties that people, you know, have purchased and have horse stables on and right. just crazy huge party barns. Um, and it's fun being out there. It's like, holy cow, like this is, you know, again, some old Southern money, which, you know, maybe potentially could have some bad things to it. Well, but like people in the music industry too, like, hey, this is what, you know, is available to some people in this industry. Yeah. Is there a bass guitar playing in the yeah, background? Some fucking asshole down the hallway always likes to play right at the time that I'm doing a podcast. Even though I've like at least to. play like guitar or something cool. Like nobody wants to hear like a bass solo. Come on. So for the listeners, you're just I'm sorry. I, I record in the recording studio. It's just inevitable. Oh I do. Whatever. Speaking of inevitable, <laughs> I have to take a hot piss real quick. A hot, Dude. hot delicious pee. Let's really let's gross. make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take our ceremonial pee break and uh, come back in a f- couple minutes. I love it. Seeing a few. Okay, just saying. All right. Pick me up off the floor where I fell asleep the night before. Find my clothes, waking up, chasing. 
Welcome back to the show, Travis and our audience. And we're back. And we are back. We are back. Yes, uh, over here at the building that I do the podcast out of, there is a huge homeless problem in the city Mm. of Portland. And particularly where this building is located, unfortunately, there are a ton of homeless people that, that just set up shop on this property. I mean, literally... Where my forty thousand dollar truck is parked, dude. That is so sketch, man. Ten feet away, it's there's unfortunate. a fucking camp. I know. I, I've I had a backpack stolen out of a, out of a car once here. Like, that's because Ugh. I left the backpack in the car, so you can't leave anything in your car, or they will get it. Man, it's a bummer, I, man. It sucks. <laughs> it's a bummer on every angle. Like it sucks yeah. that they're in that situation. Like obviously, it's bad. And, like we want to fix that. Yeah. But also the crime, like that's not good either. No, we're trying to run a business out of building. <clears throat> yeah, man, wow. You know, and it, it look, it, it sucks. Like you said, it sucks all around, and we're sympathetic people. In our experience, and I'm not speaking for every homeless person out there, but in our experience in this little area, they're all assholes. They all can suck a big fat. Yeah, one. they're all pieces of shit. They don't give two shits what we're trying to do here. They don't care. They piss and shit everywhere. They break windows. They, you know, they're just fucking assholes. And it sucks because, you know, and there's how nothing. How do you address that? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't. Dude, uh. I mean, it's a constant debate. It's constant. It's Stefan, one of the guy who runs the building here, he's one of my best friends. Me and him had a 20 minute conversation about it before I talked to you. You know, it's been years of dealing with this. And the Portland police can't do a goddamn thing. You know, yeah. they, part of it is they don't care. You know, I'm not speaking for every cop, but the ones that we've dealt with, they, they don't care because they can't care. There's nothing they can do. The city has made yeah. it virtually impossible for them to enforce any There's, sort of... Their hands are tied, their essentially. Their hands are tied, and, you know, the, the town, the city's just gone to shit, man. Portland is hmm. such a beautiful, peaceful place. And, I mean, it still is at heart. But the homeless heroin epidemic opiate crisis here in the Northwest in general, Seattle's just the same. Seattle's a nightmare right now. No way. Yeah, dude. I mean, you, every corner, <laughs> every city block is just littered with homeless people. Sucks, man. The whole West Coast is like that, to be honest. Downtown Los Angeles is crazy. I saw some things in the few times I've been to downtown LA, which hasn't been recently as of late, but yeah. Yeah. I hadn't have ever seen that scale right, of that situation. Scale. Like and it was like I was like, okay, wow. You know, Tennessee, 
honestly, it's a pretty even keeled city mm-hmm. for the most part. Like we do have a you know a, a fair homeless population. There's obviously not great folks and and better folks sure. you know out there. It's not that big of a deal here. You know, you don't really hear about it being a constant problem, mm-hmm. which is good and bad. Um, yeah, man, that's so weird to just hear it's that about a city. It's so not what I'm used to living in, in terms of just being here in, in Nashville. Like, it's very much like we're growing too fast to even keep up with ourselves. And that's our problem. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're just getting ahead of ourselves in a lot of things. Portland has that problem too. I mean, it's one of the worst traffic cities in America right now. Yeah. Nashville. I don't, we're not the worst by any means, but it's not pleasant. Like it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, there's that, but, um, (laughs) let's talk a couple current events. Oh yeah. This is good. Yeah. We'll talk about some things and stuff. So first little thing there, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Let's see if I can. I saw the headline yesterday for this story. Yeah, malfunctioning escalator, escalator injures twenty people. A video on social media captured the moment an escalator broke down in a metro station in Rome, injuring twenty. Yeah, people. I saw the video. It was co- It was pretty, pretty wild to brutal. watch. It's like watch how fast it goes. Look at that. So it'll do it again. Oh man. Look at that. It looks like a like a food processing conveyor. Yes. It's just like flying fast, like, you know, industrialized. People are being carried out on stretchers and It's pretty wild, man. Dude, it was funny watch cuz I watch it and think like, okay, how would I react in that situation if I were in it? What would I do to try to protect myself or maybe get yeah. out of the situation anyway I could? And it's like, what do you do? do You're just kind of like, you're on the ride. You even saw the people that were, you know, watching themselves get closer to the bottom of this staircase. And they're kind of just standing there. Like they're waiting for it to just kind of happen and bracing probably the best they could. And man, how terrifying. No, I know. And it's like, you know, people who have weird phobias out there, there, there's a lot of people who are scared of escalators. I know a person. It's a thing. Your friend of mine. Yeah. She's terrified of escalators. And it's like this is her worst nightmare come true. Dude, th- again, another horrible story. But there was there a woman? Oh, there was a woman sometime last year that died. Really? In an escalator. I thought it was somewhere in Asia, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, no, like got pulled into the mechanism. I think she was with a child, uh, like a, a young child, and yeah. I think died somehow that got pulled in. It's crazy because it's like you can die so many ways, <sighs> you know, and that's the way you go out. That's just a bummer. <laughs> it's we- life is weird, man. At any rate, that's just what it comes down to. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I know a guy that is, you know, he's in his early fifties. He had a, a headache and he was feeling nauseous and just kind of off Thought he had the flu or something. Um, and it just kept lasting for a few weeks. And then he went into the doctor to get it checked out and turns out he has a massive brain tumor. Wow. And he probably won't make it to the end of the year. Just like that. Just, just happened a couple months ago. Um, perspective right there. Perspective, dude. That's right. Fucking perspective, Travis. It's everything. It's fucking everything. It's everything. 
you know, I don't really hate those people outside, <laughs> the, the, the homeless people. I just, I'm the one, we have to deal with them on a daily basis. More, more Stefan and Mike than me. God, they're here every day, all day. Um, but, you know, like the perspective thing, like you just said, it is good to keep that in mind. You know, these people are in such a terrible position in life. Imagine what, it, what has to happen for you to live on the street. Yeah. And it could happen. Street. It could happen. It could, like, you don't realize it happens to people yeah. all the time. All the time. Just as good as you and I me know. and people better than us. You know, and it's you like, know? we're, I, you're close to your family. I'm close to my family. We have friends, you know, who, it, I don't think it would happen to me and you because we have that support. Yeah. But we're that's lucky. That's definitely part of it. We're lucky that way. Yeah, that's part of it. And I think. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. Don't. There are so many instances of where any support system at all falls through. And yeah, you know, life is hard and you can't do it by yourself. It's yeah. that's a fact. You know, at any rate, that is the fact we take out of this. You can't do life by no, yourself. Cannot. Not possible. Not just not. Um and yeah, obviously every story is different and, and there's a number of ways to just end up down on your luck, but having that support system there, you know, I think keeps people out of I know terrible situations to an extent. And the huge bummer is like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are, are addicted to drugs. Yep. You can be judgmental all you want, but that happens to so many people, people that you would never expect. I mean, I, Again, I'm open like about it. Like I've even not, had hard times with it. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people I know, um, you know, it can happen to doctors and lawyers and people that are unassuming, you know, Taxpaying good citizens, you would never expect them to have a drug problem, and that's so that's part of it. And then there's a lot of people out there that are homeless that have mental health issues, like severe schizophrenia, or whatever it is. And like, it's just a fucking bummer. And you, it's yeah, horrible. So yeah, Life, perspective, man. It's, man. It's such a crazy thing to think about, and I try not to get too caught up in it. You know, because I, I, my brain just gets turning and turning and turning and thinking down scenarios and and what ifs and like, oh gosh, I can just go forever. Yeah. But um, yeah, you just you know, life is a blessing. You know, be be thankful for it, live it up every day because Amen. you know things can change instantly. Instantly. And it could happen to you as much as it doesn't seem, and statistically, even you know, isn't possible that it could, but it it happens to somebody. And not only does it happen to somebody, it happens to everybody. It happens yeah. to people that are millionaires, famous, powerful. You know, Tom Petty just recently died. Like, yeah. And he was a youngish guy. He was like in his mid 60s. I, I don't know. Just, you know, like it, you're not immune to health. You're not immune to getting cancer. Mm-hmm. You're not immune to. We're all, we're all human. I mean, I think that's, you know, even the takeaway there. All of us are the same type of human being. Yep. There's tolerances one way or the other, but <laughs> you know what? You know what helps you know that traveling, like you were talking mm, about earlier. So true. Yep. Like you went to 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 Israel. My guess is people in Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, whatever the case is, most people, the overwhelming majority of people, all want a few things. They want a roof over their head. They want a couple bucks in their pocket. They want a family. They want to be safe. You know what I mean? Uh, these are all things that we all want. Like, 
you go to Iran, people are going to want the same thing. You go to Saudi Arabia, they want the same thing. Africa, it doesn't matter. And I think Dude, oftentimes the culture and either government or religion or whatever it is, it fucks everything up and it turns people against each other. I, since I've, I've had the ability to travel quite a few places, you know, not many, but enough to say that I, I, I find that it is the most eye-opening educational experiences to understand or begin to understand the worldview and the world stage. And not many people really truly get that opportunity. And I think it's so valuable. Yes. Um, I mean, the world is so big. It's so big. And you really don't realize it until you get on a plane and go somewhere several thousand miles away and put yourself in an environment that is not even remotely close to what you're used to and interact and, you know, live among people that live entirely different than you are and think like, holy cow, this is wild. And you begin to just, you know, have a greater appreciation for just the individuality and just uniqueness of everything. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's such, it's a hard lesson to learn and it's hard to teach if you can't get out there and experience it you know, firsthand, it's hard, you know, to really, you know, put that in someone if you can't get there. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say like, well, why do I need to go to Paris? You can, I mean, I can just look it up on the internet. I can, I can see the Eiffel Tower on the internet. I can watch a show on Netflix about traveling and watch an Anthony Bourdain show. It's like, it's not the same. It's, I, it's I'm not, telling you, it's not the same at all. Just cause you can see something on a fucking screen. Does Do you not. notice for me, like, I like watching shows that are about places that I've been to, because for me, it's like a little scrapbook. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, going yeah. to place, and I'm able to fill in the blanks because I've been there, but it's like if you were looking at a scrapbook for a trip that you didn't get to go on, you're not getting that experience. You're getting a little, obviously, scrapbook ex- yeah. experience, but you're missing on 90% of, you know, what was actually... Well, what it was like being there, I guess is what I'm Absolutely. trying to say. Uh, if you can hear the bass drivers, it's because that guy's playing bass again. I, I was wondering, like, man, yeah, is that yeah, just some yeah. you know, guy out you uh, know, at the we, club behind my house? Or <laughs> what the fuck? Well, apparently we misunderstood each other because he was on his way out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. You're, you're, you're the bass player in the band, right? Or something like that. I, like, I do a podcast down here. And it's like, oh, yeah, I was just playing bass on this. Like, yeah, I heard you. Uh, again, I'm doing the podcast right now. Like, Dude, you know, I, I, I bet. Here's what happened. Hint. The lead singer called him and says, man, that bass riff in our new single, you're a little rough on it. So I'm like, <laughs> you, you need to hit that a few more times because we have a show oh, this Friday. And no if, you, if you mess it up, you're out of the band, like, bro. You're out of the band or something. <laughs> so, right. I mean, I've <laughs> uh, got another current event for you, Travis. Did yeah. You, yeah. Did you see this video? Dozens injured after floor collapses at party. I haven't seen this instance. This is obviously recent news. Um, so dozens yeah. of injuries were reported after the floor of an apartment clubhouse collapsed during a party in Clemson, South Carolina. So it's just like a house party at yeah. an apartment that it's just was huge. Apparently, it seems like it's more of a. It says a clubhouse. I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah, Let's I don't see. know what it means. Let's either. watch the video. Celebration turns to terror in Clemson, South Carolina. The floor blow. The floor blow. I was a little bit two feet from what happened, and I like saw like sixty people just fall straight through the floors. Thirty people Holy were injured. Cow. 
when the floor of an apartment clubhouse collapsed during a party sending people tumbling to the basement. Amazingly, no one was trapped and no one suffered any life-threatening injuries. It really took minutes for firefighters to get there, I mean, police to get there, everybody got, got there quick. And Holy I mean, I did cow. see people because we were held there for a long time. I saw people with like Fuck. holding their arms and like I saw people like, with like body legs like and stuff like that. Clemson yeah. police say minutes to the injuries Damn. were broken Shit. bones and cuts. It could have been a whole lot worse. There could have been entrapments. Yeah, no there could have been in deaths involved. Um, but anytime that you've got people that are Jeez. trying to have a good time, uh, anytime that you've got people that it are looks like there, to me it was maybe like uh, a, trying a luxury. Well, there's an outside of the house, a large apartment building type situation. You know, obviously yeah. it, was a, it looked like a large party, a uh, lot of people, and they just overloaded the floor and it, it gave in. It's crazy, man. Like I've been to parties like that where it's just so packed. Yeah. You know, and and it's like fun in the moment, but God, you don't ever think about that. So I used to, uh, I used to work at a local venue here in Portland called the Crystal Ballroom. I think I talked <laughs> to you about that before. Yeah, and yep. I worked there for a long time. And the if you look it up, it's like a famous venue for the way that the floor bounces. It actually flexes. Dude, I've experienced this attending shows. Yeah, you know that weren't it's that nuts. rowdy, but like, yeah, the floors freaking moving up and down like a trampoline and it's supposed to and it, uh, people like i would say once a month they don't know that the floor is supposed to do that so they'll come running up to us and be like the floor is about to cave in we're like no it's it's on ball bearings it was it was made Whoa. like that back in like the 40s for swing dancing they it was like a design but it, it's still nuts because they say it's designed that way but i dude i tell you it's it's fucked like you go so the main so the <laughs> third floor is the big main venue where there's like 2,000 right. people. And then the second floor right under that is a smaller venue called Lolo's Room. And Lolo's Room is like three to 400 capacity, little tiny venue. And you can see above you. So if there's a show going on upstairs and you go downstairs under the venue, you'll see the, the old wooden rafters just completely flexing. The, the oh, that's beams, terrifying, man. The beams from, again, built from like the turn of the century, just completely bending. We've had, they used to have windows that would fall out from the vibration of like hip hop shows and come crashing down onto Burnside, which is a, a main street in Portland. Dude, and, that would kill somebody. Oh, yeah, honestly. Kill someone. Like, Somehow it hasn't. But, oh, you got to get the structural engineer in there to, to take a look at that, man. That they, sounds they do, not good. They, they signed it off, so I mean, I guess it's technically what? okay. It's the code, but like, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not convinced. <laughs> I think there's like if it was like a first floor thing, like if if there's nowhere to fall, I don't really care. But that's you know, you're talking like you could fall several feet yes. to the next floor below you. That's when things get a little hairy. Yeah, especially with two thousand drunk uh, people. Oh my god! Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh. Put a, but yeah, no, like even in Michigan, you know, there's lots of decks, beautiful area. Yeah. I remember last summer going up to visit my parents, like, oh yeah, driving past them, like there was a deck collapsed, you know, and mm -hmm. someone died from it. It was, you know, mm -hmm. horrible things. Yeah, just you never expect. I know. So anyway. obviously you've heard about Louis C.K. and how he'd like to jack off in front of women. Yes, that I one. have heard the stories. Now, do you nice. know who Sarah Silverman is? 
No, I, maybe I know her, but give me the quick background. Sarah of Silverman is a comedian. Um, I'm starting to see how you would recognize her. Let me look her up here. Is she involved in Louis C.K. stories at yeah, all? Yeah, she's like best buds with them. Okay, they're friends. Yeah. So that's her. Got it. Does she look familiar to you? Maybe? She's a stand-up, and she's the voice of a lot of like cartoons and stuff. Anyway. Okay. The yeah. point being, she, she said so, she was on the Howard Stern show the other day, and Howard Stern is, is known for getting things out of people. <laughs> He's right. like one of the Very best. Direct. Yeah. And he gets people to be too honest, I guess you could say. So let's see. So the so she made a comment, and then Louis C.K.'s victims, as it were, are g- lashing back out at her. So earlier this week, Sarah right. Silverman told Howard Stern that she used to let disgraced comedian Louis C.K. masturbate in front of her in a statement oh, wow. that has drawn criticism from one of the women who accused C.K. of sexual misconduct last year. Um, Silverman goes on to say, quote, I've known Louis forever. I'm not making excuses for him, so please don't take this in that way. Silverman told Stern, we are peers, we're equals. When, when we were kids and he used to ask if he could masturbate in front of me, sometimes I'd go, fuck yeah, I want to see that. It's not analogous to the other women that are talking about what he did to them, she said. He could offer me nothing. We were only just friends. So she's just basically saying, That is like, interesting. Yeah, they were just fucking stupid kids together. Um, yeah, so anyway, I guess people are kind of... I mean, here, here's my opinion on anything related to this nature. If you are a consenting adult with another consenting adult, you do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. And you're good to go. If, if yeah, that happened when they were kids, obviously that's a different situation. Well, to be clear, when she says kids, she's talking about being young comedians, like 19. Okay, so young adults. Young so adults. then we're Definitely good. Yes. But that, again, that's a different scenario than you know going up to un- someone unwillingly dropping your pants and jacking off. That, that is not so good. So Howard got you... Yeah. Here's on the, any instance, like, again, consent, people. Like, it's a thing. <laughs> yes. So here's her talking about it, I believe, yesterday on, on a, another Sirius XM show. I forget the name of the guy. Anyway, here's her talking about it. Howard got you talking about Louis C.K., and I have one question that I don't know if you covered because I was coming into the building as you... Uh, we're talking about it but the question is what do you think of the outrage about him having you know he's he's shown up at the comedy cellar a couple times and done some bits what do you think about the i mean there's outrage about everything these days i mean you got it i i i i am not in the business of telling people how to feel all we're made up of is feelings and you know, people are really triggered by fucked up shit. And, you know, so, you know, he's my brother and I love him. And I can understand, I can, you know, try to understand him and I can, um, you know, but I, I really, I, I, this is one thing I said on Howard. It's like, wait, 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 wait. I think I'm too close related? to really. What's that? They're related? No. No, she just okay. called him a brother, like comedian brother. Okay. Yeah. Just. Yeah, I see the big that. picture, so uh-huh. I feel like I'm not the one to really shed any light on this. You know, there's a reason why, like, if a, a cop's, you know, family member gets murdered, that they're taken off the case. Right. You know, it right. seems like they'd be the perfect person on the case. Right. But they're not. 
They're right. too close. So I feel like I should be point. taken off the case. Yeah. Right. That makes. I'd sense. like to be taken off the case. That's really good. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. She's basically just saying, like, look, we're so close that, yeah, I know he fucked up and I know it was gross, but I, I still love the guy. You know, that's very yeah. fair to say. People need to relax. Interesting. I heard um, someone talk about this earlier. Um, oh, Ben Shapiro. I don't know if you know Ben Shapiro. Yes, I'm well aware of Ben. So he was discussing this today, actually, about how, not this topic, but just in general, the climate today on how people just don't assume that you have best intentions. So like if me and you disagree politically, if you're far left, right. I'm far right, or I'm far left, you're far right, whatever, that instead of just saying, okay, well, you know, we're, it's like being on a road trip. We have the same, we're, we're all going to the same destination. We agree that we all want to go to Disneyland or we all want to go wherever, but we just mm-hmm. disagree on how to get there. Right. And that's how it used to be. That's how it should be. That's how politics should be. And, and of course, this Me Too thing and, and what Sarah Silverman's talking about has become political. And if you even have a, a broad, uh, just a conversation about this topic, you are immediately a monster. You're immediately evil. You have the worst intentions for women. You're a rape apologist. You're a victim blamer. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's what you're saying. I'm just asking questions. I'm just talking. You know, even me, the way I'm talking about it right now, people get, can get pissed at me for talking about it in the way that I am. It's just crazy right now. Yeah, I... Man, I just think people have forgotten how to listen, ironically. Yep. You know, and I... I know. I, I think people, are, again, to use a cliche word, are triggered a lot of times about things that people say. In, in some senses, it's it's valid. Yep. I understand why. But we, a lot of folks, and this is, again, on, on both sides of any argument, because, again, there's a lot of just, this is just going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. People are just kind of flying off the cannon or what, whatever that term is. That, I'm not sure if, if I said it right. Yeah, but, uh, I know what you said. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm trying to say here. And um, yeah, just not listening to each other and also focusing on the things that make them different and not focusing on the things that make them the same. Well said. Because as right. always, there's, there's always more things that are going to make us more alike than, than not alike. But the problem is... Absolutely. We don't focus on that stuff. We focus on the things that divide us all the time. That's it. That's all we talk about and all we look at. I know. And so it creates that environment. Yeah, um, it was just like we were talking about earlier, that everyone around the world essentially wants the same thing. Yeah. Everyone, and it's so true. And everyone wants the same thing politically for the most part. I mean, if you want socialism, it's because you care and it's because you believe in the group and you think that there's a lot of people out there that can't simply pull themselves up by their, bur- their, by their bootstraps and just get it done. And if you're more conservative or a libertarian or whatever, you think, well, no, I believe in the individual. I actually don't believe in the group. I believe that it's on us to make our own destinies happen. Um, both are valid, but both can be argued, you know? And so yeah. I- I'm just so like open. I mean, when I, was, when I was younger, I was really, really liberal, like super, super far left. And I, you know, for most of my life, I, I was that way. And the older I get, I, I'm just welcoming different ideas. I just want to have a conversation. I'm, I'm challenging my own ideas now. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, I, I've that's never cool. found like, and this is true for most things about any topic or whatever, uh, that no one thing makes up of enough of a like 
you know, like not like a Republican wouldn't be my party, but Democrat isn't my party either. Right. You know, I might lean one way or another, as most people do. Yes. But there is not, you know, one side that I can identify with because there's just it's too complex. Yes. There's too much going on. There's too many things. And yeah, maybe there are certain things that might swing me one way or another uh, in terms of voting and whatnot. But that doesn't really tell you who I am yeah. uh, by any stretch. And I think people have forgotten that. And again, we're focusing on that party distinction, which is ridiculous and not helpful on any level. You know, um, yeah, that, that, that team spirit shit needs to stop especially because we only have two teams it's, it's and that bullshit. just makes like, it worse it's like there's a a parade going on right it and, oh yeah and the whole the whole country is just there they think that okay well we're, we're gonna come down the street whether you like it or not and you got to get out of this get out of the way so you got to either be on the left side of the road or get on the right side of the road and either way we're coming through and people yeah. like me and you're like, well, I don't really agree with everything that the left side of the road is saying. And I don't really agree with everything the right side. I'm, I'm just meandering here in the middle. Is that okay? And they're like, no, fucking get out of the way. Yeah. We're coming down whether you like it or not. It seems like we've gotten to the point politically where, you know, th- the moderate candidates are becoming less moderate and we're going to more be- extremism in the left and the right. And I don't think that's good for the left or the right. Nope. Or anyone in the middle, which nope. again, the middle is the middle and it's probably the largest group of individuals, which when you look at voting records, so many people aren't voting, probably because they're not really engaged with these becomingly more extremist left and right philosophies. Well, it's funny you say that, Travis. Ah! Because this next current event, have you heard about the explosive devices that were I've been seeing the headlines on this. I haven't seen the, any of the details it's yet. Pretty crazy. It's developing. So let's see here. City and federal law enforcement officials are investigating after an explosive device was sent to CNN's Manhattan offices Wednesday. By the way, they had to evacuate the whole building. There's a video yeah. of a live news anchor happening and the, the fire alarms was going off. A friend of mine was in the area and tweeted about it saying, like, this is happening just around the corner from no me. No way. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's very surreal. So it says, uh, CNN's Manhattan offices Wednesday, following similar discoveries at the homes of former presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and other prominent liberal public figures. By the way, that's including Hillary Clinton. Um, and, by the, and there's a picture of a pipe bomb. Here's a device sent to at CNN that was removed by at NYPDCT. The suspicious device that prompted the evacuation of the Time Warner Center in Madden Wednesday morning was removed by the New York Police Department's bomb squad. Um, so then it goes on to show, yeah, just people leaving. So anyway, you know, some wow. far-right guy or person or group or whatever it was thought, hey, let's uh, send a bunch of explosive devices to the, you know, the heads of the liberal left community and that that'll do it that'll take care of all of our problems dude it's crazy props to the folks that picked this stuff up and was screening for it and were able to detect it absolutely dude regard here's the thing regardless of what you believe or think period obama family the clintons they're human again back to the human thing we're all humans at the end of the day you know that would have been horrific and tragic and it would have it would have been worse for everyone 
more worse than you think it would have been. Yes. You know, whether you be- whether you like them or believe in their politics or ideals, it would have been horrific if if something would have happened to those individuals for a number of reasons. Yes, um, and that that reminds me actually. Um, so there's a movie on Netflix about the Norway massacre shooting. Do you remember that happening? Oh. So the movie's called uh, 22. No, July. but no, I'm super. It's really, really okay. good. It's done by the guy, Paul Greengrass. He's the guy that did like the Born Identity and a lot of those movies. Oh, wow. Great movies. Great movies. So it's really, really good movie. And I just saw it on Netflix. Let's see if I can find the Dude, trailer for that. This is right up my alley. This yeah, is great. Check it out on Netflix. It's up there right now. 22 July. I, dude, I've been loving... Is this like a Netflix like featured content thing? I is, feel they, like it they fund is. This? I think it is. Because they've been doing a lot of these style things of historical events. You it know, is. Tr- you know, it is Netflix, uh, yeah. Crisis and covering them in film. And it's been really interesting to watch them. Yeah. And then go learn about the event, you know, through my own research after the fact, I've been really enjoying it. Totally. And, um, it's really, it's really cool because it's kind of like what we're talking about. There's, there's a guy who I guess he's on the far, far right politically in Norway. And he just got sick and tired of multiculturalism and, the liberal elite and the globalists, as Alex Jones would say, he's tired of them flooding Norway and taking a blah, 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 whatever. You get it. And so he starts with an, a, a bomb that blows up like a political building in the capital of Norway. Wow. And that kills a few people. And then he proceeds to drive into like a rural area and go to a summer camp that's on an island. You can see that island here. Yeah, I see it in the trailer kind of queued up here. And he pretends to be a cop. He convinces the two like camp counselor people to have him go on a ferry because everyone's hearing about this news of a bomb that just went off. And so he goes, hey, I'm right. with, I'm with oh uh, my gosh. Norwegian police, whatever. Um, I'm here to secure the island. And he's dressed full guard, you know, looks just like a cop. Dude, it's... Yep, as scary as that is, it is not hard, no. and also very, very illegal to do that. Yeah, but in those instances, you can pull that off. Oh, easily, pretty easily. And he's got two like big, um, like suitcases or or bags of them, cases or whatever, and it's just packed full of guns. And she asks oh him, she's like, "What's what's God. in there?" And he's honest. He goes, "Guns," because she thinks he's a cop to go protect these kids. So they let him on the boat, and almost immediately, he starts the rampage. And then, then, so then the other, like, 70% of the movie, because that all happens in the very beginning, and then the rest of the movie is, like, the the trial between the, then they cover the attorney that covers this, okay. this guy. So it really covers a lot of time oh, from the of, actual yeah. event to yes. the aftermath and potentially years that follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and specifically a couple of the kids that are really badly injured, kid that got, like, a bullet uh, lodged in his brain. Oh, and, my God. And you can look up all these people. They're all real people, and it's an amazing story. So, anyway, let's... I'll have to watch this for sure. Yeah, hit the trailer. Welcome, everyone. We are going to do an exercise called If I Were Prime Minister. Via, can you start? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, um, where I come from? Everyone is welcome regardless of uh, nationality. And if I was prime minister, that's what I'd stand for.
going on in the center of the city. We will suspend activities until we get some more information, okay? I'm from Oslo PD. You heard about the bomb in the city? Yes. I've been sent to secure the island. Actually, can I see your ID? Yeah, sure. What was that? Run, run, Victoria, run, run! This now looks like a coordinated gun and bomb attack. A heightened sense of security and alert. Where's Vilja? Something went badly wrong. And we need to find out what. Oh, I forgot he also did Captain Phillips. We'll get through this. I want to make him see what he's done. I just want to beat him. Then maybe this is your chance. Examine. Norway isn't on trial. You are. Are you sure about that? I just don't want to be weak. Not in front of him. You can be weak and still strong. You know that, right? I still have hope, dreams, family, and friends. Choose to live. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I promise you. Wow. Yeah, man. It it looks like it like uh it was made in the Sully movie style where it yeah has a horrific event, plane crash in the instance of Sully, and right. then a lot of the movie is is the back you know, aftermath trial, you know, totally things that looks really interesting, especially because Norway is a unique country in terms of, I'm sure the way their legal system works and the way they deal with instances such as this, Mm -hmm. you know, at least for people like us in the U S like, I'm sure there's different processes and things that maybe the film goes into, maybe not hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Obviously they they definitely cover a lot of the legal and, and really like, just the culture of Norway. It's so yeah. unique. And w- one of the, the kids who was shot, they, they show like a lot of his recovery and all the, just the horrors that he has to go through post this tragedy. Um, and, wh- and it's kind of a side story, but where he lives is so secluded. I can't remember the name of the place, but it's, it's not even in mainland Norway. It's an island really far north of Norway. Oh wow! And so it's it's really like its own thing, and it it, it it's fucking nuts. Like it's basically snow all year. It's pretty <laughs> much snow all. Oh year gosh! Long. We looked it up. The, the 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 summer heat wave will get like forty five degrees. Whoo! You know, it makes you a hearty motherfucker. They're re- in in parts of the the area, like the county or whatever. They're required to carry a firearm because there's. Polar bears. Yeah. Who would have thought? I didn't know polar bears were out there. Apparently there are. I guess I'm not really that surprised, honestly. It's close like to the Arctic Circle, really. Yeah. I guess especially if it's an island, you're talking about the island specifically far enough north, you know, you're getting to that territory that, you know, is maybe approaching that part of the world. Yes. I'm gonna look it up. Um remote 
Norway. You, what, one Island. state that I really want to visit in the U.S. that isn't really in the U.S. is Alaska. I've never been. And I really would love to visit. Oh, oh, just real quick. The island is called Svalbard. Sval- Svalbard. Svalbard. There you go. If you want to look that up. Uh, Alaska. Yeah, I've, I've been to Alaska. Have you? Just through via an, like an Alaskan cruise we did with my family years sure. ago. Sure. Yep. It's great, man. Highly recommend it. I've just, my grandparents have traveled through there um, on their motorhome, in the motorhome. And I think they've also done like a train oh, how fun. motorhome tour, I think, too, or something. I don't, can't, I don't remember exactly. But um, yeah, it just looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really far away from anywhere that I've ever known. You know, I've been to Canada a little bit, so I've kind of gotten close to those parts of the world, but that's pretty far, you know, North absolutely, <laughs> and or a West rather, excuse me. Um, really fucking far. You just, yeah, the, the nature and the, the animals and I don't know. It looks cool. I would go. What do you got up? This little soundboard thing I've been messing around with. Oh, oh I get it. Not sure how to make it work though. I was doing it today. Like a radio DJ. Yes. I was supposed to do my movie pick. You want to hear my movie pick bump? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. In a world where James has a movie pick of the week. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm I a will liar. say <laughs> your sound sample. Nice. So it sounds a little thin on the 20th Century Fox theme. Yeah, it's a little, a little bit thin in the low mids there. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. that's just me being the mix engineer in the room. Yeah. You know, well, I did it like from my phone. I think. <laughs> so it's not the best quality. It's probably why. I'm pretty Steve, sure I need to redo it. <coughs> hey, it works for now. You got it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It'll work now. There's a laser beam. For Ooh. This is classic. We got to get like some classic like fart sounds and stuff loaded up on there. Yeah, there were some fart sounds. See if I can. Things not the best. It's free, you know. You got to get like, there's got to be like a controller thing you can like have that plugs USB into your computer that can control externally or something. Yeah. There it is. There's the scratch. The whip. Have a toilet. I should do that on our pee breaks. Oh yeah, dude. Or we could like have a like a intermission theme song that we oh, write. Yeah. I gotta have one. How about a for an announcement? Ding. There we go. Like Love it. Welcome, Travis. I almost called you Travis Barker. Dude, I man, I wish. I wish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> money that guy's got. Jesus Christ. Also, just uh, that and just the raw talent. Like, just oh, uh, the dude drums, man. Holy cow. He doesn't not drum. That's for sure. He was in a cool band, I guess. A couple cool bands. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have some uh, delicious questions for you. Yeah, let's serve them up, I guess. So I used to call this rapid fire questions, and it was always the the ongoing joke of the podcast that it was never rapid. And I got done. I'm tired of explaining that every episode. So Mm. I need to change the name. Um, what What do you recommend? Well. 
<coughs> you could say well thought out and phrased questions. Okay. As the opposite like of rapid. That. Okay, so something along the line. A little that. bit literal. Maybe. Sorry, uh, you cut out the other things. Out. What'd you say? Honest. Oh, great. So I'm the worst at naming things. Yeah. I am too. Uh, I always like go with the, the most little name, which is usually the worst name you could possibly <laughs> right. for anything. More well thought out <laughs> questions. Yeah. James and Travis. Just call it what it is, damn it. Uh, I wrote down, uh, I literally wrote down in my notes, more neat questions. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's really nice. That's that's go. less words than what I said. So you're on a roll there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't have anything. I'll think about it. I'll f- I'll give you some answers though. Maybe I'll I'll try to come up with some some answers quick. Oh, okay, cool. I'll do my best. No promises. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do this here. Okay. More neat questions with Travis Ball. Ooh. Number one. When did you know you wanted to be a mix engineer? That's a good question. I think there there was a point in my career career where i was in school and learning a lot of things and then i left school and there was a period of just leaving school to when i decided that okay i'm doing this full time and it was somewhere in there where i was still experimenting with engineering and recording bands and learning what producing meant and if i wanted to be a producer mm-hmm. if i wanted to produce artists if i wanted to engineer artists if i wanted to mix artists or master like i needed to kind of just figure that out and try a lot of things and you know do a lot of different kinds of projects and after maybe like a year or two of doing that and doing other jobs in the music industry like i was doing some corporate audio like av things you know just related music stuff but not glamorous you know i was you know plugging in microphones for you know a talk thing for right yeah yeah Yeah. anyway um it was just somewhere in there like, okay, my thing is mixing. For whatever reason, this is what I like to do. It's what I'm arguably the best at in terms right. of the things that I could be doing with my skill set and things in audio and engineering. Um, so I just kind of went with it. And I've worked, you know, I think pretty hard at trying to present myself as a mix guy and and really nothing else for the most part and cater to clients that need someone to just mix for them and and do you know high quality highly detailed really good sounding mixes right um and that's been a a real challenge and people ask me all the time like how did you do this because it's not easy to do and i'm i'm still you know having moments are like, am I even doing this? Like, is this even working for me? Um, so it's always funny. Um, people like are asking me for advice and stuff. Um, you're like, I'm still figuring out myself, man. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. Like, you know, I, I've definitely learned a lot, you know, in the couple of years that I have been doing this kind of business model and learning from it and, and offering mixing services primarily, but I'm always trying to learn, you know, how to do it better. And, you know, push myself beyond what I'm doing now, um, you know, to, to maybe attract a higher caliber of clientele. Um, and you know, anything like that, like it's, it's all the, the stuff that you would expect and want to do, uh, for yourself in, in a, in a business position. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just like, you know, you were, you started out as a kid <coughs> playing music 
fucking around with music, trying different things, yeah. like, doing production, and then one, like I loved music, like I wanted to be involved in making right. music, and you that's just found what your happy corner. It. Yeah, like I came to Belmont, which was the audio school I went to in Nashville. You know, having recorded a little bit, you know, out of my parents' living room, having mixed a, a fair amount of church services you know, at a large caliber in a professional environment. Like we had a, a, a nice PA. There was a lot of great musicians on stage. We had professional, you know, equipment to work with. Like it was a, a production for lack of better words. And so I was learning really good stuff there, but I still, you know, I was God 18 at that time, like a young kid that didn't know what my thing was yet. And it just took time to do a bunch of stuff and just, try things and develop a skill set and hone it in and see where I ended up. And and that's just where I ended up was mixing. So this isn't one of my questions, but it's, it's a type of question I ask all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I asked Joe last week. So if, if a young person or even just someone that was just starting out wanting to be a mix engineer and they asked you that question, like, Hey, how did you get into this? What would you recommend I do if I want to get into what you're doing now. What what would you say? Is it just a, a long progress progression the way that it's been for you? Or I would. I mean, it's funny because I think I've taken quite a few shortcuts even in my path, and it's taken me less time than other folks that are maybe my age or I'm associated with to get to certain areas of my career. Um, so in some ways I feel like I'm going faster than others and I'm still like, I want to go move faster and, you know, get to a a higher point of my career even quicker because I'm always the impatient one. Um, but yeah, it takes time. It's not easy to do. Like it's even in Nashville being like a very music city, you know, generally people say like, it's like five years on average of really kind of hard, not great work and living off not a lot until you begin to establish yourself and potentially, you know, become a player in the industry. Um, and I think that's pretty accurate. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I think about to that point, I think of like when I've, by the time I left school to right now is I think coming up on five years and I'm beginning to see certain things happen that I would associate with like, like, Oh, things are actually beginning to happen. Like, I think this is going to work you know, in terms of a long-term, you know, decades long career type situation, um, as opposed to like, okay, I do this for five years and then I do something else for decades Mm -hmm. later, kind of a thing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still, again, I'm only 27. I just turned Mm -hmm. 27 this past week. Um, so I, am beginning to see some of those, I think indicators, uh, that my hard work and time I've put in thus far, which again, has been years at this point, is is it paying off essentially and i think if i would have done anything less you know that may not have been the case and i maybe you know would be doing something else or getting out of this business at this point if if i hadn't had been as invested or hadn't have been as dedicated as maybe i i have been i don't know i'm I'm trying to talk myself up either but like you have to be about this you know like well so in other words is it safe to say that you have to love it Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. If you don't love this, don't even come close to this career, please, because you will just end up hating life and it's not worth it. Right. Um, 
you know, right. like there are moments even again, and I love what I do where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is really just straining me and you know, not fun right now. And that will happen with any, any professional that's true for any person. But because I love the core of what this is, I can keep coming back to it time and time again, regardless of maybe the moments where things aren't great. And that's true again for any business. Any business has moments where things maybe aren't great for whatever reason. There's so many reasons where, you know, you might hit a, a snag. Um, but yeah, it's hard because you're on your own most of the time. You know, this is not like right. I work for some company. I have people to back me up and go to bat for me. You know, it's I basically, hard, I have you, yeah. you know, and you're, and you're great, but still we're two people taking on the world essentially. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I love but that you still aspect have to of do it alone. You still at the end of the day are mixing this stuff alone. You're in a dark this room. Is by true, yeah. All those challenges that come up. It's, it's tough, man. It's a tough gig. And I mean, all of the stuff that you guys do, and you know, and, and even from my perspective in my shoes, it's, you know, to be a business owner an entrepreneur, it's lonely, man. It's fucking lonely. You're the only this is one. true. You know, I, 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 like you don't have a team. I don't have uh, other employees or people that can sit around a board meeting and let's think this through. I wish I did. I'm hoping that I will. I mean, that's the goal to have a team, you know, and we're working towards that. But for now, you got to just figure it out on your own, man. And, and again, you have to love doing it and I love doing it. I know you love doing it. So we all love doing it. Yeah, you bring up a good point too of having like a team, and I think it's that's true for not only people you work with, but also the people that you, you know, are socialized with, the people that you're friends with, you know, your yep. girlfriend, you know, whatever. Uh, man, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have, and again, I would figure it out, obviously, but it is so helpful to just have a, a, a steady constant you know, living with someone that I, I care about very deeply and being able to just hang out with her oh, nonchalantly every night, regardless if, if I'm working till two out by the time I get upstairs, like I still get to just hang out with her as I fall asleep. Basically that yes. means something. Um, and, and that that's different for every person too. Like we all need different stuff, but for me that keeps it all at somewhat of an equilibrium yeah you know i don't go crazy of like lacking human connection travis i don't know what happens ah i can hear you did it just freeze on you too uh, yeah it, it like the application just went away yeah it it just froze on me and then all of a sudden it went Be-doo, and you were back weird yeah i just yeah you're i'm just now seeing you um well everything's good again that was, interesting. That was like a a crash i guess yeah or something. the internet is kind of weird down here sometimes it's usually pretty good but it can be wonky well so anyway you're, you're yeah, talking about how nice it, it is to have a, a life partner and someone yeah to yeah and, and again that that could be any number of things too. again that, that could mean anything different to any individual that's hello are we are we back i can hear you just fine hey you can hear me the technology gods are awake again. God, or, or something. It. I don't know. <laughs> oh, how annoying! I love it. Twenty eighteen, baby. <laughs> woo, woo. Where things work most of the time. Yeah, you know what? It's still pretty good. <laughs> it's still pretty good world. I'm not complaining too hard. 
No, I agree. Okay, I'm anyway. gonna take off the share screen thing. Maybe that'll help us. Yeah, I guess you don't need to that. Say whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Now that's I'm... full screen. Yeah, that's nice. Seeing that ugly mug. Well, well, well. Uh, to everyone yeah. listening, we had a little technical testicle difficulties there. <laughs> But we are back in action. Uh, is Try- that a pun on my last name? Or are you just making it like a last name joke? I I'm childish. You know, a little both, I guess. I didn't even think about your last name being Ball. Well, that's good. That's I'm nice. glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just the first question. So let's move on to the other question. I have a few Yeah, let's keep you. it going. Okay. Number two. Who is your favorite superhero? Oh, my goodness. I'm kind of a Batman fan. Yeah, dude. Be- be- me too. Because and I'm, I knew... Th- I'm not surprised you're saying this because we agree on a lot of issues that would make us choose Batman for a number of reasons. Um, But yeah, I'm a literal person. I like the way Batman chooses to go about his business at night during his personal life. I could really care less. The brilliant thing, maybe not for me, but man, he's a good vigilante. Like he gets it done and yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree. He's definitely the coolest. I like that Batman, I think he's the only superhero that's not actually a superhero. Like, he doesn't have any powers. Yeah. I guess Ant-Man technically has no powers, right. which I've, I've been really enjoying the Ant-Man series, even though they're ridiculous movies and they I don't make any sense. I haven't seen the new sense. one. I, we actually, me and Carson just watched it uh, last night, night before. It I was pretty good. good. We yeah. it. Good. We thought it was um we thought it was pretty funny but uh yeah so that that would have to be my pick i love the trilogy of batman films um the dark knight yeah uh, actually batman begins dark Mm -hmm. knight dark knight rises such good movies so do you think that uh christian bale's the best batman (sighs) pro like i think because of that just again that series and because he is such a big part of that series. I would have to say yes. Mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed. I watched the Justice League thing and didn't. I forgot even who played that. Honestly, which is so bad of me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Didn't really enjoy that Batman portrayal. Just wasn't my thing. Thought oh. it was kind of weird. Is that a uh, Ben? What's his dick? I think it is Affleck. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ben. Affleck. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I think it is great. I agree. I think that um, Christian Bale, here's what I'll say. I think Christian Bale is the best Batman. And I think that Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman. Does that make sense? It's almost like how I feel about the Beatles. I think the band, the Beatles, are the best band, but they're not necessarily my favorite band. And there is a difference. You're getting into subtleties, but I yes, like it. Because yes. <laughs> I think that Michael Keaton, he's he's so funny. I like the Tim Burton Batmans. That's like more my generation, late eighties, early nineties. It's really campy. It's more comic booky, um, and it's it's kind of it's funny. And he's like such a sleaze bag. But yeah, and then the Christopher Nolan ones are like more real and uh, like scary and yeah. And you have to look at also. Um, I'm drawing a blank because that's my brain right now. Who's the guy yeah, that's played? Because you're doing a podcast, that's why. Thank you. That's how exactly. Uh, Batman for Christopher Nolan. What's the dude's name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Thank you, good lord. The way Christian Bale approaches his job as an actor, as the method acting style, and how he gets himself immersed in any no. role. 
And, you know, he just, you know, made the Batman that we've always wanted it to be, I think, and in a lot of senses, and made it essentially real. Again, because he's he's making that character real for himself as an actor, and it, it, it made sense, and it, it transcended, you know, from the screen into like, okay, this is amazing, and it's never been done like that this before. Yeah. And then you put Absolutely. Heath Ledger in the mix for the, the, the middle movie, and then you just have this iconic duo, you know, that essentially change that style of film probably forever He's so good oh speaking of joker have you seen the new trailer for joker ah uh, i maybe i've seen a clip of it i'm not sure if i've seen the, the whole thing yeah i think there's still only like a teaser out there is it the jared leto is that that no, joker is that the one or is no, somebody else so that's no. um jared leto is the one with will smith justice league yeah suicide squad suicide squad yeah which i really enjoyed that was really good because i never saw suicide squad Oh, dude, it's good. I'd watch okay. it. It's funny. I I think it's really enjoyable. No, the new Joker movie. It's just called Joker, and it's a oh, Joaquin Phoenix. That's who it is. Okay. Let me see if I can find the the teaser because I don't think. Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to share screen with you again. Let's see. Share. Boom. Yes. Share. I feel like we're in a Joker phase that's going back to the stylistic sense of what it was. I'm not sure what era era it is year wise, but like right. the, the 80s or the 90s. You know, we're kind of doing that again, but in yeah. live action. Right. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It looks really good. Okay. <laughs> we got a, uh, a Grinch movie ad on YouTube. Thank you. I know. I know. Okay, here we go. I should laugh. It's not the best but for I because your love has passed me by You took me by surprise I didn't realize that you were laughing oh, wow. I don't know what this is at the end It's like behind the scenes interesting yeah it doesn't really go anywhere it's just like but i get i mean i get the sense of what it's trying to do i think it looks you, very you like, trailer, like you have to go watch it to get to really understand what we're talking about yeah um it reminds me of oh who's that director oh that does like the i'm drawing a blank again of this style of movie or this this title of movie but it's the the moon genre. What the fuck? The moon genre? No, that's such a, that's such an inter, like not what I meant to say. Um, hmm. There was that movie that came out that like was Boy Scouts and it was like a Moonrise Kingdom or something. And oh 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 oh, uh, you know what I'm talking you, about? What is that? Um, uh, Jesus, he did like Life Aquatic and I th- yeah, moon, I think that's Moonrise it. Kingdom. Yes, Moonrise Kingdom. So it reminded me of like that director. kind of vibe and feel. You know, the pastel-y looking colors. Thank you, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yes. Big time. good totally. lord, I agree. It does look. You cool. know, like it reminded me. Just bre- that little tease reminded me of that vibe. So just let's, let's look at who's directing so Joker. Bit. Wouldn't that be crazy if it was him? 
I don't think it is, but I'm sure they're influenced either. by that style, at least to some Oh, capacity. it's, um, it is some guy. Some guy did some it. Some guy. It's some guy. Oh, it's uh, Todd Phillips. So Todd Phillips did, uh, uh, oddly enough, he did the Hangover series. And that is odd. Did a movie called War Dogs, which I definitely recommend if you've never seen. That I think movie. no, I think I have seen that. That's the one where they're like arms dealers, yeah, right? Arms dealers. Yes, such really a good underrated movie. movie that I never hear anyone talk about. No, I love that movie. It's so good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love that movie too. Yeah, no one talks about that movie, right? No, I think it's great. I think I've Me seen too. it multiple times. <laughs> Another good uh, arms dealer movie is Lord of War. Yep. Totally have seen that one. Rad movie, Nic- man. That's the Nicolas Cage one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Freaking really good, interesting movie. Yeah, I love those kind of movies. <laughs> I love them, man. I'm like the only guy that I know that I watch that watch those kind of films. Yeah. Like Carson won't ever watch them with me. Like oh, I know. I, I, I think I've actually but generally that's my kind of vibe. Like that's like when I'm home alone or she's out of town or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's the movie that I'm gonna put on like Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> you know, get I, a pizza or whatever. I love though I love um I guess it's like it is pretty typical guy stuff, but I like like uh Sicario. I don't know if you've seen yes. that movie. Uh Zero Dark Thirty. I liked I that. Yeah. Like espionage, Navy SEAL shit, and fucking guy shit. Dude. I, I love those movies, man. I recently watched 13. That was really good. 13? Have you seen that? No. Which one? Is that Jim Carrey? No, 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 no. That, oh, man. I'm not even sure who's in it, but it is. It's gritty. We'll just put it right there. Um, 13. Who? I, I is can't it just remember. the number? Or is it I think it is just the number, yeah. Okay. Um. And I'm 90% sure that that's what it's called. And this is what I'm talking about. Oh, Jason Statham? Jason Statham? Maybe, no, maybe I've got the wrong thing. Now I'm really, 13 hours. Oh, 13, 13 hours. hours. Yes. Oh, yes, hell yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, in Benghazi. 13 hours, sorry. Yes, that's what it is. It's a Benghazi thing. Yep. yep that yep, was yep, yep. crazy. You know, it's funny, that movie, it's like, it's really cheesy, and, and uh, what's his dick, the director, always kind of pisses me off. He, he's just so over the top. But, yeah. But that story is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, oh, Michael Bay. Michael, Michael Bay was the director, which, yeah, Transformers and all that, you know, gooey stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's like blockbuster director guy. You know, he gets people to get their butts in the seat and eat popcorn. And Yeah, I mean, the explosions stuff. in the film were a little bit outdone, but it was an entertaining movie. I think they did a pretty reasonable job yep. at just kind of getting you into the Benghazi situation if you've never looked into it before, which most people and probably without, haven't. And without involving politics, too. For the most part, and again, there there maybe is some bias, you know, in it. You know, take that with a grain of salt. Do your own research. You know, come to your own conclusions. But it is a valid perspective that's done really well in film format and and puts in the seat. You know, of the guys that that were there. Yeah, it's crazy what those guys went through, right? I know, like that stuff happened, man. Like, and it happens. And true that, you know, just the guys that are out there doing stuff and keep in mind a lot of those cia operative dudes the guy they, so there's I, I forget the distinction what they call them but there's cia agents like field agents they're the ones who are like spies right they're the ones who collect right undercover you know they're not unassuming people unassuming. for the most right. part they're they're nerds they're not yeah. really uh like combatant people 
not big people, not you know, physically demeaning, right. you and, know, and, but again, the people unassuming. starring in the in the movie and and the focus of the story are the the guards. What what do they call them? They're like they were they were a, a detachment of of I think they were seals. Some if I'm of not them mistaken. were navy seals. Some of them were like uh, ranger army ranger guys. They're all special yeah. forces. And they were at a different compound a few miles away, yep. like two or three miles away, that were just kind of there, and they just went in because they were there. Yeah, so it was, what was it? It was like the ambassador, right? I think that's right. I, I, I have to familiar yourself again. Like the U.S. ambassador to Benghazi, I think. Yeah. Egypt or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's got to be it. And then I don't know. Watch the it movie. gets taken over <laughs> by terrible, terrible asshole terrorist fucks. People shooting bullets at people that didn't, yeah. Yeah, people that don't deserve it. Yeah, and so anyway, like, a handful of special force dudes in the CIA thing, that building, they they hop in their cars and drive a couple blocks down and get into the shit with, like, hundreds and hundreds of armed terrorist dudes. And then they take it back to their place, too, because I think their place got attacked as well, because it was that location of their embassy, and then it was their compound, or... Maybe another yeah, location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes like all night, like in the morning. Yeah. And no help, no support sent. And that's when the politics just went crazy here in the States, back stateside. Yeah. Stateside. <laughs> that's my name. Uh, puns. We love the puns. Uh, anyway, crazy okay. movie. It's good cinematography. Yes. Again, Michael Bay, you know, it's over the top. Sure. It's entertaining. It, it maybe dramatizes it a bit, but I think that can be valid because imagine being there yes, and how. Because when you're in situations like that, you can only imagine that your brain oh is dramatizing things to an extent. Because that's what adrenaline does to an extent. I know. So I there can't is even some imagine. validity to that. It's it's crazy, and they're all normal people with families, and you know, like they yeah. show one of the guys is skyping with his wife and kids while this stuff is going down. You know, it's like it's just fucking nuts. It, all right. I wish I knew more of them. Anyway, we're getting on tangents. Okay. okay. Number three. If, if quote they made a movie about your life, Ooh. who would you want to play you? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. It's a hard one. I've honestly not thought about it really in in any length at all, so I don't really have like a canned well, answer. I'll, I'll throw out go. some actors. Okay, so so there's Christian Bale. We were talking about him. Walking right, Phoenix. Man, um, Christian. The guy that if played, Christian Bale would like do it, I I wouldn't be mad about him playing. That wouldn't me. be a bad I, one. He would do, I think, a reasonable job. I think I he'd would get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd get you know, the job done. If, if the casting director couldn't find anybody else, like you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Like, yeah, we'll get Christian Bale. He'll do fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so you want to go Christian Bale? Well, I've also been told that I've looked a lot like, or used to look a lot like Richard Dreyfus. I could see that from, young Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, from uh, Jaws the Day. Jaws films and uh, Close Encounters my, of the Third Kind. Yes, some of my mannerisms have been equated to him as well, and I don't know those films as in depthly as maybe people of a little older generation than I am. But people have said it to me before yeah. that I could I, I could fall into that category. I think you're uh, you're less nerdy looking than he is. You know, he's more like... Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you look more like a dude. He looks more... I, well, I try hard. Like, if I didn't try hard, I probably would be more like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, well, you I know have you're to combat that with people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would, it's 2018 uh, after Blend In. Some actor I, I've always loved is Sam Rockwell. 
Do you know who he is? No, who like what I'll would show you, you a be? Of him. I would know. Can you see that? Oh, he's a good looking dude. He's got a nice little scruff thing happening. He was in a bunch of stuff. He was in that movie Moon. He was in Seven Psychopaths. Uh those crazy. are small movies. What what's something you would know him from? Let's see here. Um God getting like every small movie he's ever in. <laughs> don't you love that? Thank you, IMBD. Yeah. Tell me all things that I don't I don't know or don't ever care about. Uh, I mean he was in every fucking movie ever made. I just love this bass player in the background, man. He's just playing the greatest stuff that I've I've ever I know, heard. He's just doop 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 like playing those you know one in fives. Like this is cool. Like I'm playing two notes at the same time. Oh, I'm uh, sure- Sam Rockwell was in a movie called Matchstick Men. Have you ever seen that movie with Nicholas no. Cage? Okay, I know I we've done a I've ton had. of trailers tonight. I apologize to the audience, but we're gonna do one more. <laughs> we are going to do one more. Here. Suck it up. I gotta share this with you again. Okay, share. Matchstick Man is a very underrated movie again. I love it. And it's actually direct, written and directed by Ridley Scott. And no one okay. knows that. Ridley Scott did alien movies and all, you know. Yeah, classic big films. classic stuff. For some people. Yes. Okay, let's do the official trailer. Back in 2003. Wait, that's a... Nicholas Cage cracks me up. Dumb trailer. Get a better one. Yeah, I know. He's like either the best actor or the worst. And I think that's great. You know, I don't like being outdoors. Tell me you've left the house in three days. Mm. One, two, three. Have you eaten anything in three days? Mm-hmm. Besides canned tuna? Mm-hmm. Anything really else? Dirt. <laughs> Obviously, I have a lot of ticks. <laughs> These distractions affected your work ability? What would you do if you had to change careers? What, if I wasn't an antiques broker? If you weren't a criminal. I'm Agent Kellaway. This is Agent Cole. We're from the Federal Trade Commission. You've One been the victim of fraud. Do you have any I'm of those L-47s? Oh, yeah, maybe in the car. Oh, wait a second. Oh, here we go. This is Dr. Klein. I just got off the phone with Angela, your daughter. She says she really wants to meet you. Remember me? All of a sudden, I have a daughter. Somebody get in here! Hallelujah! You got a chick in here? It's a riot, huh? Little training bras hanging from the shower rods. <laughs> that's no way for a young lady to behave, and uh, shame on you! Just try to be as honest and open with them as possible. Our con man? Con artist. Wow. Flim flam man, mastic man, take your pick. And that guy Frank? He's my partner. Teach me something. Rule number one, never work near where you live. Don't. Rule number two, don't write anything down. <laughs> you regret it, exposing her to that? Well, you know, it was a little, it made me feel a little, you know, it was a little, I really liked it. How much do you think we can take that guy for? 30 grand. More. 500,000? A million? Come on, I'm 21. This 14-year-old girl working these people with me. very good at being a dad. I'm I barely get by being me. You good to go? Is it poo in the woods? Just say yes, okay? There's one last thing. What? I want you to give the money back. This is so... You think crime doesn't pay? No, it does. It does, just not very well. There you go. 
Another great movie. I dig. Have you ever seen Sneakers? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, I figured. That's a classic. Just Love making that sure. movie, yeah. It is a classic. It's one, I mean, I'm a young guy, but I, I thankfully have at least seen a few you know, classic movies like that. <laughs> totally. Okay, um, let's keep moving on because we've been going a while. Jesus. Yeah. That's, Sorry, that's I'm good. a talker. No, me too. That's that's good. Okay, what's a guilty pleasure movie for you? Oh my god! If you're drawing a blank, I'll give you a few. How about the movie Clueless, for example? No, actually, you know what it's going to be? It's like any Lord of the Rings type movie, like an epic, like three hour long. Okay. You know, like just overdone, out. over the top. Just like I eat that stuff for breakfast. <laughs> gotcha. Got what? Well, uh, you know. This one weekend, my wife and I watched like every one, the, the original three, you know, that's like yeah. over three hours each one. We watched mm-hmm. the whole thing and then we, it was the DVDs and we watched like every single special feature, like all the featurettes and the making of and behind the scenes yes. stuff. Oh man, we just devoured <laughs> that shit. We didn't leave the house for two days straight. That's amazing. And too, like you've pointed out a lot of movies that I love to watch that are kind of an unappreciated genre, like these real life story kind Mm of heisty style conflict style movies. Yep. I find them very interesting. You know, again, like I never take them as fact. Like I always, if I want to know about what actually happened, do the research after that, but it's always interesting to see how a director portrays some of these real life events in film in an entertaining way like i find that even by itself interesting enough to to watch a lot of those types of movies like you know ridley scott we just saw did black hawk down too which again love that movie for how crazy intense that is and how intense that day was for the people that were there um i don't know i think about that stuff a lot and a lot of people just don't i know which is fine um but I i don't know yeah Anyway, but yeah, th- those movies are, are always go-tos of mine. I'm always a sucker for the action film. I love, you know, again, I grew up doing theater stuff before I did audio, so I love dramatizing, mm-hmm. you know, overdoing things. My mixing style is over-the-top anyways, so I enjoy films that are oh, over-the-top. Oh, I love all, good drama. Like Dance it all the plays Wolves, into it. Last of the Mohicans. I fucking love those big, widescreen monster movies they're so good yeah oh my gosh speaking of that too like i love have you seen the hateful eight? Oh hell yeah oh my gosh I love the movies Great. like that too i love westerns so, in general. yeah tombstone but the hateful eight being the movie that it is and the story that it is and the way it's filmed mm-hmm. it takes all of the cool old beautiful cinematography this crazy, crazy story in this kind of gory ish over the top done manner. Like, Oh, that gets me, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, are you a video game guy at all? A little bit. Yeah. Me too. Um, a little bit. One of my favorite games of all time is red dead and redemption. I've heard a lot about because the, the new one's coming out the very soon. And out. there's a lot I'm of hype freaking out dude. It, it yeah. For me, I think it's my favorite video game of all time. I want to get the new one. Grand Theft uh, Auto and put that in a Western world. That's basically see, what it is. And I enjoy Grand Theft Auto. Like we've got, I think five here at the house for PlayStation four. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've never really played it for real, but it's just fun to goof off. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. for how cool the red redemption is, like we'll probably end up getting that. Mm. Um, and I'll play through it. Cool. Mostly. Okay. 
moving on. What's something that a band slash artist can do to make the mixing process easier slash smoother for everyone involved? Oh my gosh, just don't cut corners before it gets to me. Mm, I think, right. I think that is so true. Is like people Can you elaborate often, on that though? Like Yeah. Like people oftentimes view mixing as the point at which the song begins to sound good and the song begins to take shape and the song begins to become a song. And that's not the case at all. Like if your song doesn't feel like it should in your head at the point where you go to mixing, something else is wrong. And if you send it to me expecting me to turn it into something, you're going to probably end up disappointed or you're going to end up with something that is just a less superior version of what you had hoped for. Right. Um, and this just comes down to making good decisions about arrangement choices when you're recording the song, um, choosing a good engineer. If you're doing it yourself, you know, knowing how to do it properly where you don't, you know, do it to a point where you're just going to give yourself, give your mix engineer, just nothing to work with to turn yeah. into something that will sound good. Um, and again, like, we live in an age where DIY studios are a great and awesome thing. And there's so much good music being made because of how easy it is. But at the same time, you still have to do your due diligence and put in the time and effort and care and making sure that you're, you're doing things right on the front end before it ever even gets to your mix guy or your mastering guy too. There's a similar perception with mastering engineers that all of a sudden that in mastering your mix or your song just becomes this beautiful finished thing. Right. If it wasn't already beforehand, like it is there, that's just not how it works. Um, and like, that's okay. Like, I think there's so much that you can do to make, you know, it work. Uh, in those phases, like, you know, the power of just properly arranging instruments around each other is so huge. Like most of, you know, good songs just have that going for them. And if that's all they have, then that's all they really need. Mm. You know, um, you don't have to have the best, whatever, but if, if it's arranged well, you know, things fit together, you know, everything has its spot it's going to work out generally speaking. Um, Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So basically don't, like you said up front, don't cut corners before you send off those tracks to you. Yeah. We're not like mix engineers are usually talented individuals that, you know, have a lot of tools available to them to manipulate audio in a number of different ways that are, can be very extreme and, and drastic. But when, if we're giving something that, you know, isn't, doesn't have a lot to begin with. We are just limited in what we're able to do. Right. It's like approaching a project with our hands tied. Like if you don't give us something there's good to work so much with, you can do. yeah, there's only, that's it's such like, a good way to put it. It's like a framer trying to frame a house on top of a slab of concrete, you know, a deck that wasn't poured correctly, you know, so it's a, it's a weak concrete, a weak foundation yep. rebar wasn't and put in correctly. And now how can you expect them to finish the job? It's yeah. from the bottom up. It's not from the top down. And Every point of the same. process is so important. Like you really can't skimp anywhere. Anywhere. Get like good I, drum sounds. Get good guitar sounds. Yeah. Have your drummer play to a click. Do all these things up front and then, then expect a mix engineer to do that magic that they do. Yeah. You can't expect them to fix something that's already broken. Yeah. If your song doesn't sound pretty good before mixing, 
then you may want to, you know, go back and, and reevaluate certain things or, and, and yeah. this is a good thing too. Like I, I work with a lot of bands who are learning stuff and they'll, they'll send me tracks like, Hey, we're hiring to mix a song. Let us know what we can make better. And I will talk to bands, it's a great idea. you know, on tell, tell their bull in the face about ways to make their music better. So when it does come to me, I can do more of what makes the music you actually welcome that, sound right? really good. You welcome me. Oh yeah. yeah. Like again, like I'm at the end of the day, like, I'm here to help, you know, I'm a mix engineer. That's what I do. It's a service that I offer to you, but there is many more things that I'm able to bring to my clients in that uh, respect that goes beyond just mixing their song. Like, right. again, I used to engineer bands fairly regularly before I like, decided to be a mix engineer. So I understand, you know, how to, fix certain problems that are common mm -hmm. in those phases that it, that you may not know and you know and if i don't know like i'll help you discover the answer through trial and error or whatever means we can like Absolutely. it's sometimes a journey in that sense but uh yeah i i love being able to kind of weigh in and just help people kind of you know get better results um because a lot of people you know do this because they just love it you know out of a sense of of, of that and they're not maybe engineers or they don't know the microphone works and that's okay you know it's easy stuff to learn like and it's available to learn like there's so many resources absolutely absolutely good good answer okay this is our last question love it what what's something that maybe people don't know about mix engineers Whew. um gosh what's something this That's can either be like the question. average person yeah. that isn't involved in music at all or someone that is involved in music, you know, either one. I think it's this. I mean, you know, like any person that does a repeatable skill, you know, very regularly, like that's their day job. Mix engineers definitely listen to music in a very different way than most people do. That's not necessarily good or bad, but we definitely have an understanding of how music is put together generally better than anyone else does and so you know when you're consulting with your mix engineer or myself like our perspectives on how stuff works might be foreign to a lot of people and that's okay because again most people don't listen and work with music at this level you know and if you've never mixed a song or even never mixed a hundred songs like you're just not going to understand necessarily like how a lot of these concepts work which is why you hire someone that does know how those things work and can and it can make sure your music is working on these levels that are important to make a mix sound good and translate well and all the number of things yeah. that you'd want for your song um and and um it's funny to me too like uh, there's a, a phenomenon with people that they get attached to their rough mix and when they send their rough mix to their mix engineer and they send mix one back and it doesn't sound like the rough mix. And then, then there's a battle of like getting the I final know. mix sound like the rough. And it's this thing. It's like, okay, like I understand, you know, you're used to hearing something one way, but I feel like there's so many instances where people again, don't trust their mix guy to make good decisions on their music. Even if it's not familiar to them and what their song has sounded like in the past maybe months of working on it, um, that it still is going to be, when their fans consume it on a wide platform, it will still be the best version of that song for the most amount of people. And again, some people can screw up mixes happens all the time, but generally if you do your research, hire a mix engineer that can deliver these things to you, 
you're going to be fine. And you can trust them through that process and still ask questions and say like, Hey, why does it sound like this? And I always, when I get presented with those questions, we'll try to go and explain in great detail of like, okay, you're missing the low end here. Here's why it sounds like this. It was this way in the rough mix, you know, and here's why it sounds like this in the real mix. And, yeah. you know, I'm happy to go through all that because again, it, it could be very jarring for some artists who are, again, are sensitive to their songs and need some adjustment period going through okay. the process. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... It's a very specific thing that you guys do. You know, it's I, so specific, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there. I, so another, here's another question for you. What, how, what do you say to people, say you just meet this guy at Starbucks or yeah. the grocery store or friends of the family. And they say, what do you do, Travis? I hear you do something in music. What do you tell them you do? Yeah, so I, say, I do say that I'm a mix engineer, uh, which is a form of audio engineering. I work on sound stare at you with a blank face or like what initially i then follow that up quickly with saying that i take elements of a song so you can you know isolate like this is a drum set and you maybe even tell like this is a snare drum a kick drum right a hi-hat like most people know what they're listening to generally speaking and okay. i say that i take those elements that you can identify and I balance them against each other and make the blend of how you hear that when you listen to that song. Like, oh, that makes sense. You take the puzzle pieces, the isolated elements of what makes up a song, and you put them together. It's essentially that. You know, it's really not any more complex, even though it's a very complex thing to actually do. The concept really isn't that insane, yeah. you know? Uh, and they yeah. usually get that. Yeah, I was just curious. I, dude, speaking of not, not to make it about me, but you know how hard it is to explain what I do now with stakes <laughs> up to people yeah. that aren't, you know, part of our community. It's pretty difficult. Is, this is usually what I say. I say, so I, I own and I run a small music management company where I represent music producers. And then they look at me and that, I mean, to be fair, if you didn't know what that was, you'd think that I'm saying someone who produced as in like production, someone who created music because you produced music right but producing for us is a different word so usually i say you know the guys in studios who record bands that's i i literally say it just like that i try to say it yeah. as plain as i can and they nod their head like oh yeah okay because they've seen movies they've seen yeah they they you know, there's a general public yeah. picture of what that kind of is yeah i'm like you know the guys Perception. are like plugging in microphones and having people get the best takes and, you know and, and then, and then I often won't even go into like, and some of the guys do mixing and mastering. Like I, I right? Don't even, don't like, isolate it down. Like that's oh, getting yeah, cynical. That's right. Not like, gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about now? Uh -huh, you lost me. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That makes. And again, yeah, it, it's so funny too. Like there's buzzwords and terminology that's used within our industry that might mean something else to someone outside of it entirely that it, it, it can be difficult to like like hey this is what i do and then like i have no idea what that even means yeah and it takes the it takes you five minutes to explain it because you have to go through two different ways especially in your case like okay explain what a music producer yeah. is i do and now here's what i do with those people and it's yeah. like a multi-level understanding of what's happening it's tough i mean even people that are close to me friends and family they still don't really know what i do you know my my, my dad will often say to me Hey James, I heard this really great band the other day. You should sign them. 
Oh, I love it. Right? That's like, so cliche. He thinks I'm a record <laughs> label or I, I, t- I sign bands or, you know, and to be fair, should, I guess what he means is like, you should reach out to them. And that, that's what he means by that. I'm sure. You but. should create a faux record label and sign real bands to it <laughs> and show it to your dad saying yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we signed this band. <laughs> like make it a God. That would be so oh, funny. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh, my dad is such a... Or stupid. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking great. The stateside record... I don't know. Yeah, the stateside records. People might actually believe that at that point. I know, that's the problem. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, we've been going for well over two hours now, man. Well, that's that's what happens when things get happening. You get a couple chatty Cathy's together and never get the hell out. Yeah, I just run my mouth. (laughs) Then a constant problem. just as bad. Well, thank you for being on, my man. I appreciate it. It's always good catching up with you. We don't get to do yeah. that enough. No, this was good. It was good to kind of like be past the initial like, who are you as a human being episode. I know. I know. Just talk about stuff. And also, I want to just reach, like, shout out to this bass player for just been yeah, thanks for it just down to this, the low end all night for low us. low end. And by the way, what's <laughs> he doing in there? What, why is he just, you know how boring it is to play bass alone for an hour? It, I've been listening this whole conversation, trying to like discern like what he's trying to play or practice. And I haven't, and maybe it's because I am focusing on your conversation too, but I haven't been able to come up with like an actual baseline. I know the band he yet. plays in. That's not the band he plays in. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, the band so he plays he in play? is like a ripping fucking band. They rule. They're called lightning rules. I mean, you can imagine intense. what kind of band that would be. It's not, that's not what this not is this. right now that we're hearing. No, it's no, not no. the lightning rules baseline. Oh no, no. This is something sure, else. Bad, bad. <laughs> Well, Travis, where can uh, anyway. people find you on the information superhighway? Yeah, so the general branding is Travis Ball Mixing, as you'd expect. That is Travis Ball Mixing on Instagram. Yes. Twitter, it's Travis Ball Mix. Website, TravisBallMixing.com. Yes. Check out those spots. I'm on Facebook as well, Travis Ball Mixing. You yep. guessed it. You can pretty much uh, find him anywhere if you type in that, right? Travis. Yeah, Travis it's Ball pretty straightforward. It, I've tried to make it super easy. It's amazing how many people still get it wrong, but we love them anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's where it is. Got lots of stuff. I actually have, I want to plug this too. I've got some Spotify playlists. I have one that's my portfolio of work that's called Works of Travis While Mixing on Spotify. It's even more so that's on my website. It's like 25, 30 plus songs. I also have a playlist that I've just been putting called like TMB jams or mixing jams. That's just a collection of oh, cool. my yeah, songs. I like to listen to that sound good to that's me. That idea, just Travis. like, that's great. Man, so yeah, I've got like maybe 15 or so songs on this playlist. Maybe you'll have to link it in the podcast. Yeah. I'll, I was going to say, I'll do that for sure. Um, but yeah, check that out. You know, that's just stuff that I find that's kind of catching my ears. Interesting. And I throw it in that playlist. So give it a listen. Yeah, and uh, Travis is working on a bunch of stuff, and, and there's a bunch of releases that have come out and that will come out. So a lot go, of stuff that even still will come out too. Yes. Like, go tons. go follow him on Instagram for sure. I, I would say the Instagram's like the hub, right? That's kind of your main hub. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. Yeah, definitely yep. go follow him on Instagram. That's that's kind of the main spot for the man. And uh, thanks again for being on, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy to hang. Okay. Thanks for everyone for listening, and you guys know what to do. Go over and leave a review on iTunes and say hello. Reach out to me anytime you want. You can send me an email over at james at statesidemgmt.com. You can find 
me on Instagram at James Ian Macmillan, and you can find Stateside at Stateside MGMT. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. We will see you next time. Bye. Pick me up off the floor where I fell asleep the night before. Find my clothes, waking up, chasing every dream, never helped me much. Stumble out into the street, a beggar's all I'll ever be. Find a new place to sleep, living every day with my heart on Don't you wanna be like me? Both my pockets and my stomach's empty Don't you wanna be like me? No boy, no boy, no boy Cause I know I'm just a soul that can't be saved I like throwing my life away I keep singing Don't you wanna be like me? You know I'll never be as Yeah.